and welcome to SoxCast episode 30. It's 30. It's old. Get over it. Uh, I am your not-so-usual host, Rhett, and since I'm hosting this time, I thought I'd shake things up and get some new co-hosts up in here. And so, to my virtual right, it's, uh, Ether? Nice to see you, too. Uh, so it's my turn to be host of this thing. Do you want to be my co-host? Huh? What are you talking about? It's the SoxCast, where we talk about video games and other junk. We know that! Uh, so do you want to be my co-host or not? (sighs) Fine. Do whatever you want. Hooray! No time to waste, then. Let's go. Enthusiastic. I like that. And, to my virtual left, it's Astra! Hey! What are you guys doing? Oh, not much. Me and Ether are recording a podcast. Okay, you two go do that. Actually, Ether did say she'd prefer it if you weren't here. Well, I won't let that happen. I told you, I don't need your help. Glad you're on board, Astra. Well then, let's go. Wait a minute, who's that on the hamper seat? Oh, who do we have here? Why, it's FX! What's the situation? Well, we're recording a podcast. It's getting kind of crowded in here, actually. You can sit this one out if you want. And let you have all the fun? And those are your co-hosts for this episode. Uh, actually, Polly and John are here. They're always here. I, I can't get rid of them. So, uh, Polly, what you been up to? Right, you are right. Me and John Thire are totally here. Hey, John. Hi. So, oh, yeah, um... Hi. Uh, yeah, I guess we're just gonna jump right into this thing. I did stuff! And I figured, why not start it off with everybody's favorite part of the podcast? <laughs> Polly's boring music thing on the podcast, even though she's uh, got a totally separate podcast for it. Oh, you stole my joke. Damn you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple of new releases over, uh, the past, uh... Couple of weeks, I was gonna. I've I've been uh, sinking my ears into. That's kind of weird. You think about like sinking your <laughs> ears into a thing and be like trying trying to sink your ears into a vat of mashed potatoes or something. Sorry, that was oh just, my god. That was a very striking image. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird feel. Like Ew. I can. It's like I can kind of feel it because your headphones yeah. are kind of warm. Oh man, your headphones are nice, warm, and pillowy, just like some sweet, sweet taters. Is John it's like high? I think John is very, very high. <laughs> I'm not. How much cold medicine are you on? Oh wait, actually, I've taken like three Sudafed. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I don't that... know. Does Sudafed get you high? Apparently, I it's indistinguishable from my normal everyday Sudafed high in life. Sudafed is used. Sudafed is used in bad, um, is in bad meth, dude. In breaking oh, meth. Oh God. Yeah. So yeah, you're kind of probably high. We don't okay. know. Like it. I said, it's indistinguishable from the usual. We're not the podcast Feelings. that knows much about drugs. Coming to the wrong. We'll start a drug cast soon. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I heard about them weeds the other day. I was snorting some weeds the other day with my bros. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was pretty baller. Mm-hmm. I got offered. I got offered weed like twice. We were we were tripping balls so much. Yeah, yeah. I, never, oh! I didn't actually take it, but. One was by an Eagle Scout, the other was by a homeless guy. When I paused and gave him money after pausing, and he was like, "Hey, want this?" And I was like, "No, thanks." Neither surprises me. Yeah, neither surprises me. We're just delaying the inevitable now. Paul, Paul's <laughs> right, going to yeah, talk. Paul's going to talk about crappy music we don't care about. Um, 
So the first release is Clutch Psychic Warfare. Clutch is sort of like a comfort food for me. They're a band that they're like kind of like straight ahead bluesy kind of rock stuff, but they're kind of like not like old man dad rock. So I guess that's how I explain them. They've got a bit of a metal edge to them that kind of keeps their music nice and bouncy, but at the same time, it's got a cool guitar-driven edge to it, and Neil Fallon is an amazing um, storytelling lyricist. He's just really great at painting a lot of imagery. Um, Psychic Warfare is a follow-up to uh, an album they released a couple years ago called Earth Rocker. Um, and this is basically, like, more of Earth Rocker, and I'm okay with that. Um, uh, some, like, really great, uh, standout tracks would be, like, X-Ray Visions, if that's, you know, something you want to check out. Uh, Lady of Electric Light, uh, is really good. Uh, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a solid album. If, if you would have told me that, like, this is disc two of Earth Rocker, I wouldn't have, you know, been because it's just, it's straight on ahead, the same kind of, uh, fun little rock album that you throw on and 40 minutes later you're like yeah i feel real good after listening to that i'm gonna listen to it again because it's fun um uh, but yeah it's a good album uh it's a good album in a year that is unfortunately for (laughs) this album has been full of great albums so i don't think it'll be like on my you know end of the year list or anything with you know like the great albums that have already come out this year it's um, number 26 in our hearts. Yes, it'll be number 26 um, in our hearts. Clutch, Psychic Warfare, if you like what these guys have been doing before, yeah, there's no reason to not grab this because it's still full of the same kind of great stuff that you already like with them. And if you're looking for some straight-ahead rock music that's got you know, a nice little edge to it and it's got just a great singer that can tell some really fun stories, um, give a Psychic Warfare a look. Um, and also because I am perpetually 16 years old, I pick, I picked up the new seven dust <laughs> album. Uh, they came, uh, I guess they sort of came on the scene with their, um, debut album in 96 or 97, I want to say. And I think before that they were featured on one of the Mortal Kombat soundtracks, uh, as crawl space with the song, my ruin, um, and then from there, they went on to score bigger hits with uh, stuff from their uh, self-titled album, like Black, Bitch, uh, Terminator, uh, Too Close to Hate. Um, and it, it's, I think that that's one of... Uh, I, I think that Seven Dust's self-titled original album is one of the more overlooked kind of medley albums uh, of the 90s. Uh, so if anybody's wanting to look for something cool to dig their head into that they never quite got into. Uh, and they released a new album... Uh, called Kill the Flaw. Uh, these guys have sort of been... I, I feel that they've kind of been spreading themselves thin the last few years because they've released an album for like three years in a row, like every once a year, and it's just kind of like... And then the, the last thing they did was they did this, uh, like, uh, I guess it was like an all-acoustic thing, and it just didn't kind of jive with me, and I don't know why, because I usually don't mind it when like a metal band strips themselves down and kind of goes into the... Uh, uh, acoustic thing, but I wasn't really big into when Seven Dust did it, even though I think that they're talented, amazing musicians that can pull it off. It's just, just didn't jive with me, but uh, Kill the Flaws, uh, their return to doing the big mm-hmm. kind of heavy rock thing. Um, it's very riffy. Um, you got your singing, very soulful, 
very present singing from uh, Lejean Witherspoon, who I think is a highly, highly underrated um, as both a lyricist and um, a vocalist in the metal spectrum. He's just got an amazingly soulful voice, and um, he's not like a cookie monster screamer kind of guy, but he can. he's got a really good scream that's still very much in the singing range. So, um, and uh, uh, their drummer also provides a lot of backup screamy kind of vocals too. And uh, Morgan Rose is a fantastic drummer as well. Um, even though a lot of Seven Dust music might not play up his talents as much, sometimes it's best to compliment a song rather than take it over like you would hear with a lot of sort of proggier groups like maybe Dream Theater and stuff like that. Um, Kill the Flaws, an all right album. Like, I, I think it's a kind of a grower. Like, I'm kind of, like, still in the middle of the road on it. Uh, I think that the first half of the album is just really, really good, and it kind of loses me in the second half for some reason. Like, the first three to six tracks on the album are just straight up, yes, this is the stuff that you come to uh, Seven Dust album for. Uh, it's very riffy, very aggressive, but very melodic and nicely structured. Um, bits of, you know, kind of poppy metal, you know, poppy in the sense that it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so nothing too out of the ordinary, just a pretty good rock album so far. Kind of hoping the second half grows on me. It hasn't yet, but uh, again, like I don't see this landing anywhere on any end of the year list. It's a decent album in a year of really, really great music. Uh, so yeah, Seven Dust, Kill the Flaw. Maybe worth checking out if you haven't kept up with those guys. Their first three albums, uh, the self-titled um, Home and Animosity, are three really great underrated records that I don't think get a lot of attention. Um, uh, but Kill the Flaw doesn't really live up to any of those three albums either. So, mm. so it might just be something that kind of just goes into the back of the catalog and doesn't really get put on repeat too much. Um, but other than that, I did play some video games. Hey, we're done with video the board. Video games. We're done with hey, the board. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? Isn't um, Led Zeppelin three kind of like that acousticization kind of album? Ah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. cool. Definitely. I, that was kind of the point of comparison that came into my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, kind of like, uh, like Alice in Chains have done um, mm-hmm. a few, like they did uh, Jar or Jar of Flies, Sap, and then they did they had an amazing uh, Unplugged set, um, which those are all three just really great if you ever want you know, some really moody, like mid-90s, dark, uh, grungy rock music. Really good albums. Um, but yeah, hey, video games! We're past the boring part Whoop. of the podcast! <laughs> It sounded like you were just racing through it, and I was just sitting there entranced. Oh, wow. (laughs) My voice does have that effect on people. I make people just sort of trance out and fall asleep. (laughs) Now, you're just just experiencing the intended effects of me talking about music on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Entrancing versus trancing. (laughs) Okay. Okay, continue. Suda John over there. Um, uh, I played that Mighty Number 9 demo. Oh boy! Ooh, it Reed, was... sent me, Reed sent me that. Yeah, I didn't play it. <laughs> and he didn't play it. <laughs> I played it and like it's it's all right. 
Yeah. Like, it's, right. I, it's, it's not... Yeah, I don't actually feel any kind of animosity towards it. I just had some other stuff I wanted to play more. I don't cool. feel any I don't feel any animosity toward it, but I don't really feel any, like, oh, man, I really need to play this toward it either. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is a, a jump-and-shoot game, and I don't really understand, like, the dash's significance other than scoring. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. do, does the dash serve any other purpose? Because it sort of just makes the game feel weirdly starty and stoppy for no reason. I don't know. I think it's like you can stun an enemy really quickly, then dash into them, or it'll take more shots to kill them if you don't dash into them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Like, it felt kind of weird and janky to me. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just, yeah. I'm not fully on board with how it feels, and I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that with, like, three or four months... You know, I don't, from yeah, the game being out, I don't think it's going to change that much. So I, I doubt. I doubt when this game comes out, I'm going to be in any hurry to jump on the Mighty Number no. Nine train. Yeah, I just liked how well, I fast feel, it can get. Yeah, I feel and, like the Red Ash thing kind of poisoned a lot of. Oh, yeah. Good I, I tried here. to. I, tr- I tried to keep that out of my mind. That's like, good. As I was going through, it was just like I'm just going to take this at face value. You know, I've played a lot of side scrolly kind of games. Jump as a and shoot. You know, like, I went through, like, some of the Castlevania games uh, last weekend, and it was just like, you know, okay, I'm in the mood to play something that's side-scrawly and stuff, so... Ugh, why? Who likes those? <laughs> Castlevania games are terrible. <laughs> I was playing good Castlevania games, though. I was playing yeah. uh, 1 and 3, so... Cool. Those games are good. Castlevania 3. I really wish I'd gotten to I'd gotten to replaying Rondo of Blood, and Castle- then I just didn't. <laughs> Cas- Castlevania 3 kicked my ass. Oh, like bad. That game's so hard. <laughs> that it's game gets so hard. That game is merciless. I forgot oh. how merciless that game got. Cause you like, I've been watching uh, Vinny Caravella, Giant Bomb. He was pl- he's making it some kind of weird personal goal to play through them, you know, for the site. And he was. It took him like six videos that are you know range from an hour to two hours long to beat Castlevania three. And like the last, Oof. the last two and a half videos were just stage nine. Oh, is that that one stage? Oh, well, there are a few stage nines, aren't there? <laughs> I think that there are two or three different stage nines. Like, there's the Tetris block tower that you can get. Yeah, there's and, the one with the Tetris block tower is my one stage. Yeah, that one's pain. Then, then there's, like, another one that's kind of like a mix of a fortress and a clock tower. And that one's just really, mm. really long and unforgiving. And the checkpoints are bad. Mm. They basically require you to play near perfection for, you know, a good 10 to 15 minutes at a time. That's pretty brutal. It's very, very brutal. Uh, I got to, like, stage six of Dracula's Curse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I beat Castlevania 1, though. So, that wasn't too That game's real good. Yeah, I I like Castlevania 1. It's a pretty solid and succinct uh, experience, even though Mm -hmm. I, I... Even though I... I don't think that there's a way to fairly beat death without holy water. No, I was about to say, did you cheat cheap death? Because had to, I, I had always to. have. Like, <laughs> I tried to find a legitimately fair way, and it was just like, I can't. This is just not possible. Yeah, I and, think that's just... Yeah, I think that's probably... It's just a badly designed... Issue it, there. It's a badly designed fight requiring a lot of mm-hmm. maneuvering that you can't do. You just mm-hmm. can't. Um... 
Yeah, and then you can cheat cheat it, so that's okay. And, and getting there with <laughs> and getting there with holy water is an ordeal is a pain. in itself too. So because like, you have to get it from the beginning of the stage, and if you miss that first holy water throw, you're still fucked. <laughs> There's a chance you could catch him when he flies to the left hand side, but is you like if you miss that first throw, it's the worst feeling in the world when he goes flying Ugh. across the pit. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like there's the next twenty five minutes of my life. Hmm. Um, well, let's see, other than Castlevania, I played a point-and-click hug-venture game. What? A point-and-click hug-venture. John, I think you're going to want to have your ears on. Uh, you, I you're, definitely you're gonna, have my ears on. You're going to like this. I played uh, the new point-and-click game uh, by John, forgot his last name, even though I'm his friend on Steam. I think it's Jay Tholen, actually. That's it. I just Googled it, so... Yeah, uh, I played Dropsy, which is um, a point-and-click hug-venture game with a very, very gorgeous art style that's just so amazingly detailed, and it's just like, the screenshots don't do it justice because the game just looks gorgeous in motion as well. Uh, Just all of the characters, all of the backgrounds. Uh, But in uh, Dropsy, you play a clown, a somewhat overweight clown who's very happy and uh it's his mission to make everybody happy by giving them hugs and that's like you know like i don't you know like unless you're one of those people that likes to pretend that they're afraid of clowns because that's a cool thing to do kind of like be like kind of like being one of those lol so random people that think saying spork and monkey makes you cool bacon yeah, things like uh, that, or, you know, uh, or, or like I said, if you think that, like, you know, it's just, like, people that like to pretend they're that fucking scared of clowns. Nobody's that scared of clowns. Stop <laughs> it. Just stop it. Nobody's uh, buying it, and it's not cute. So every YouTuber. So every YouTuber in the world, ever. It's just, like, and, and the, the, the developer of the game, uh, he started, like, this started as a concept, as, like, a choose-your-own-adventure on, um... On uh, something awful forums, which you know you kind of just expect huh. nothing. You expect nothing good to ever come of it. But it was sort of like an idea for him to like do this story where, like, you know, like you were allowed to choose your own adventure, but you were never allowed to do anything bad or bring any kind of harm to the world, the characters, or Dropsy himself. It was like you could only do good. Um, and he sort of like adapted the. Uh, the game uh, that he had going on uh, something awful into this this point and click uh, hug venture game where like like you know like the, the developer has said it and uh, this isn't a spoiler but you spend the whole game waiting for the other shoe to drop as in like you you expect there to be something really sinister behind this clown that is happy and just mm-hmm. wants to hug people and make them happy <laughs> and it's like no there's that like there's no bad point to this at all as drops that's really nice you can have you can have no effect on the world that would bring anybody or the world itself harm you know you're only allowed to help people out and um basically like the story is that like his circus burned down uh and his mother ended up passing away but uh, as a result, like the people in the town have ended up like scared of Dropsy and his family, and they don't like him. And he sort of makes it his mission to go out and just like bring a smile to these people's days, you know. And it's like really simple things, like um, 
like there's a girl and she's sad because no like oh she wants a prince charming so you go and you pick a flower and you just give it to her and she's just like oh you're so <laughs> nice and like they share this warm little hug and that's like how you uh progress through the game is is that <laughs> you 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 perform all of these very minor like most of the tasks you perform for people are very minor and, and and they're just like little things that you would do for someone to just like brighten their day a little bit, um, and, and that's basically Dropsy. There's and they're like uh, he's got like a, a a wall that like he draws little crayon pictures of everybody he's hugged, and like there's there's a main line through the story of you know like things that you can do to progress the story, but there are also a lot of little side stories that you can get caught up in you know, and making more people happy. And every time you hug a new person, there's another per like another person appears on the wall of people that he's hugged. Um, and, and, and like the hugging really like, 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 and how many people you help throughout the course of the story has a really, really sweet and like, just like a very touching payoff. And it's a game that's just so full of heart and so full of love. And it's brimming just like with all of this positivity, you know, in spite of the fact that this character is so maligned, you know, by the town, you know, and it's just like, you know, he's not trying to maybe win the war. He's just like, hey, I'm going to make your day a little better. And all I want is just a little hug. <laughs> just a hug. Just a this hug. This sounds just really nice. It is really nice. It's, you know, it does have a story that goes through it and everything. But I just like, I think that like, the, the graphics and the, the, the soundtrack and um, just the unique way that it tells its story. Like, you don't get, like, text boxes or anything in this game. There's not a single word of spoken dialogue. Um, everything is communicated to you through little pictograms. Uh, so, if, like, if somebody's sad, it'll have, like, a picture of a person and it's raining on them. And then it'll have, like, a heart that is broken and then it'll bring up another couple that are like okay like I got, I've got to put this puzzle together about like what's this icon mean and what does this mean so you're kind of like you're you're encouraged to kind of explore the world and figure out what all of this stuff is as well so there's a, a cool element of exploration and trying to put everything together um, that makes it fun as a point and click adventure game and things never get really all that obtuse. I mean, there was like a couple of um, confusing pictograms every once in a while. Like there was one that was like, it's a dude shoveling. And I thought, okay, that, that means I have to dig something up. Right. Because you have a dog that you can switch to on any screen uh, and he can dig up things. So I got confused for a while thinking I had to dig something up, but the icon that what they really wanted that icon to mean was working. So uh, it's, it's like, so, you know, like when you figure that out, uh, which was given context by a character later who I rode to work with and it was just like, oh, okay, I know what you're doing. Um, uh, but it's really cool. You know, you go around with Dropsy and you've got to use his little friends. Like he's got a little mouse buddy. He's got a <laughs> little, he's got his dog buddy and you switch to them and they each have like unique abilities. Like, you know, the bird can fly and get things from high places. The dog can dif- dig things up. The mouse can go into like little holes in the wall to find little things and it's just like a really sweet and adorable game that's big on heart and you know just like it's it, 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 it was a, it was a great little three or four hours spent 
uh, working my way through the world of Dropsy and just kind of enjoying everything in it and the characters and how the story played out. And uh, it's definitely worth checking out. It's like seven, ten dollars, something like that God. on Steam. So um, there are too many great games coming out <laughs> right now. It's really unfair. It's been a, it's been a the year of great games. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's been the month of great games. It's been like the last three weeks or something. Yeah. It's been kind of overwhelming. Because I went for like almost the whole year being like, okay, I'm just going to play these old games. And now all of a sudden I'm like, all these things are coming out that I'm interested in. Right. And it's really cool. Cool. You had a couple of questions, Rhett? Uh, are your animal friends called D-Dog and D-Mouse? No. No. Um. They don't have names. <laughs> they don't have names as far as I know. I think they're just, um, I think they're just dog and mouse. Just the way when you're talking about how like they give you different abilities, yeah, just like of like the friends in Metal yeah, Gear Five, yeah, like D horse, <laughs> quiet, <So>, quiet. <laughs> but yeah, Dropsy's uh, really cute. Uh, other that game looks super duper sweet. So there's no text; it's all like pictures and emoji, mm-hmm. and the and the creator's name is John. Uh, Jay Tholen. Oh, oh, Jay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought, thought it was John. Jonathan. I did say John at first, uh, okay. but then I was like, oh, no, wait, it's Jay Tholen. I'm like, I think I know who made this. Oh, man. This is a game for John. Like, I was going to do a video of There's it. too many games for John. It was, it's, it's definitely a game for John. It's like, I was going to do, uh, do a video of it with John, but I thought he would just explode. So I was like, <laughs> I can't do it. I, I can't. Oh. I, can't. I, I just didn't have time to get around to it. Oh, yeah, I get you. Yeah. So uh, that's basically cool. that's basically all I've been up to. Cool, cool. So I think I'll go next. Good, because I'm scared of what John's going to do when we get to him. <laughs> uh, hmm. I saw, so I, I saw the movie The Martian. How was that? that? Is that's it's really good. That's rad. I usually don't talk about the movies that I see because it's just kind of like in my eyes, out the other, or something. Like mm-hmm. I just. Movies are just really disposable to me for some reasons, and this is one that stuck with me a bit longer. Like, that was really good. What's it about? It's about a guy. So it's it's near future. I guess you don't know anything about it, or are you just asking me to explain for the audience? I don't know anything about it. I've okay. never even heard of it. Okay, so it's near future, and these five astronauts are on Mars, and something goes wrong, and they have to leave, and they accidentally leave one guy behind. Oh, whoops. So he's stranded on oh, Mars no. by himself. And Mars is really, really far away. Yeah, yeah. So he's sitting there like, oh, fuck. They're not, no one's going to be coming back for like four years. I'm yeah. going to die. <laughs> yeah, like how do you sustain yourself? So that's basically a... what this movie is about. That's really scary. It's it's really interesting. It's a really scary proposition. Uh, like I know that like I've read about these people who are trying to fund their own trip to Mars, and it's like you know like once you get there to start this colony, <laughs> you can never come back. Like this is a one way trip, and you're never coming back. And if things get fucked, you're fucked. Yeah, and things get fucked in this movie. Oh no. Well, I mean. The whole premise is... Well, yeah, the whole premise is fucked, but I'm just saying... I mean, it's kind of like... um, It sounds kind of different from Gravity, because that movie just had so much, like, potential for Uh action set pieces and whatnot. This sounds more like it's just quiet desperation. See, it's not really desperation, though. It's actually got kind of a 
optimistic, like, I can do this tone to it, and it's got humor oh, wow. in it. Oh, how nice! Until he, until he finds out there's no water on Mars, and it's like three hours later. <laughs> Fuck! I'm gonna die. Well, yeah. actually, if you watch the read the news right now, I know, lately, I know, I know. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They don't get into that, unfortunately. They were like, <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting movie. Kind of reminds me of uh, Apollo 13 from a long time ago, and I really like that movie. Yeah, cool. So, I never seen it. I remember trying to read the book in like middle school. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what's fuck weird? Books. Fuck books. Just watch the movie. You know what's weird? <laughs> this is um this the Martian is by Ridley Scott. Oh yes. shit, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, I have to see it now. There's no aliens, by the way. That's fine. Mm. That's fine. <laughs> but I for really, me, that, really love for Ridley me, Scott. It was more, really? Yeah. Cool. I mean, he's done a whole lot of great movies. I, Hell I yeah. Just kinda, yeah. I guess just lately, um, there's there's kind of a string of movies I really didn't like from him, and I've been kind of like, oh, wait a minute. So hearing that this was really good was really nice. John's John's still not over Gone Girl. (laughs) Wait, was no that that was not really Scott. That was um the that was the (laughs) Alien Three guy. (laughs) Yes, that's how he should. It's the Fight Club. It's the Fight Club guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who is also seen... the who's also the Alien Three guy? I've never <laughs> just... seen any of those. I've only seen Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear John type in to look it up. Who the hell directed Alien Three? <laughs> David Fincher. All right. Yeah. I mean, Alien Three was Fox's fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, didn't Joss Whedon write Alien Resurrection? <laughs> I think that's what that went down. Oh God. Uh, yeah, so that both of those like movies are like that sounds it's two people like who went on to make really great stuff. We're stuck with these really crappy alien movies just kind of for reasons outside of their control. I just not even alien specifically, but like more Terminator lately. It's just like give up these franchises, please. Like there's yeah, more absolutely. Bad, like there's more bad Terminator movies than good ones now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prometheus it, was really bad. Right, yeah, I, I never saw that. Okay, it was really bad. People seem to not like it. No. Ugh. Did either of you see uh, Interstellar? No. No, I missed it. Uh, I I really like that one too. That's cool. Maybe even a little more than The Martian. Mm. So video games. Oh, that wait, the, we that do that those for Nolan movie. Wait, this is a podcast about video games. Yeah, we always. <laughs> We start with one thing, then devolve into video just games. Always lead in. Yeah, I always set them up for disappointment. That's why I always do music first. It's like I'm gonna disappoint you, and then I've got a chance to win you back. Yep, win them back with video games. There you go. That's mm-hmm. all people and care. Speaking of disappointment, uh oh, uh oh. I I glanced at the PS4 version of Super Meat Boy. I don't know why I don't know why Polly's singing. For the listeners out there who don't know why Polly's singing, I don't know either. It's the it's, that's the the forest song. Oh well, guess what? You won't be hearing it in this version. Yeah. What happened? They took all of Danny B's music out. Or yeah, rather, I think, the, I think like the afterbirth, uh, the Binding of Isaac afterbirth, no, dude. It's totally. It's like three different artists spread throughout the game. It's it's bad. It's horrible. Oh. Is it really that bad, or is it just doesn't like stand up to Danny B's soundtrack? So I don't know the artist names, and maybe I shouldn't be saying because I haven't heard much of the game. But 
Like, the forest music is just straight up bad. Mm. And there's, like, a glitch in the game where sometimes a track won't stop playing when it's supposed to. Oh, those are always awesome. So I went and beat the first warp zone, and then the warp zone music kept playing when oh, you went good. back into the forest levels, and I'm just like, oh, God, close Great, this. a cacophony of shit. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, I think the story is, like, there's never been Rights any... issues? There's never really been a confirmation other than some vague tweets, but it sounds like Danny Baranowski wasn't... He didn't feel he would... Again, speculation, just based on tweets that have been seen, mm-hmm. is that he what he didn't feel he got compensated appropriately for either Super Meat Boy or the Binding of Isaac. And uh, when one of the new people had mentioned on Twitter that they they had composed music for the new Super Meat Boy, he uh, he mentioned them and, and said something like, "Yeah, just don't give it away for free." So, yeah. appa- so apparently he might not have been mm. fairly, what he felt fairly compensated for maybe what that game made. Yeah. There was a whole thread on NeoGAF, and it almost just seems like spite at this point with specifically Meat Boy. Yeah. Because he said, like he even said recently, there was some quote I saw, he said it's not about the money. Yeah. It's... So it's like, okay, so it was just straight up, fuck you, Edmund. <laughs> Yeah, like, it might just be down to, like, he might not have been paid for the Binding of Isaac because they didn't expect the Binding of Isaac to do anything. Yeah. But it's like... It really does seem like spite slash money problems. Like, I I Mm -hmm. get why they would do a new soundtrack for Rebirth because they were remaking the entire game. Yeah. And if if there was a falling out between them, like, okay, let's just move on and get a composer. Yeah, yeah different composer but for this release it's the same game and like all he had to do was say yeah keep the music and yeah. you get whatever payment they had agreed on so it really just seems like spite video game and, people are weird yeah that's what you do when you give nerds money look what <laughs> they do <laughs> they spend it all making the witness for 10 years oh my god <laughs> yeah that's supposedly coming out yeah, it says so, uh, over a hundred hours of solving puzzles on an I, island. I don't know what that game is. I'm so like, excited. What can that game even be at this point? <laughs> I've only ever heard um, Ryan Davis and Patrick Klepek talk about it, and they the, they saw it in like 2010. Yeah, it's been a long ass time. I'm excited for I. You know, I almost was more excited for that game until I looked at their development blog and saw what they were working on. Mm-hmm. And it was it was seriously like, we added more girders to this platform to make it feel more realistic. I'm like, fucking really? <laughs> yeah, like, if you've ever seen Indie Game the movie and you've seen Phil Fish, like, he was going through a level and, like, adding oh, yeah. s- tiny, small details that no normal person is going to see... That's the kind of stuff it sounds like that they're trying to polish up on The Witness by just, like, making everything, like, these tiny little touches. But Just, that, like, we need more rivets connecting this platform to this wall so it doesn't yeah. look like it's floating. Yeah. Just, like, weird art touches. And just, like, well, is the game done? Because that's what we care about. Weird. John, like, I, I, my favorite thing is always going to be that time when Jonathan Blow, like, did Tai Chi in the public park in the middle of like a big game conference (laughs) just like really conspicuously "Mm." (laughs) what a guy (laughs) just this interesting guy 
So yeah, if you have a PS4, I would recommend getting a different version of Super Meat Boy. I mean, mm-hmm. does it still play the same? Yeah, it if plays it's still, great. If it it's, plays great and you've got free just, access to it, who yeah, fucking I guess, cares? I don't know. The music was really kind of grating in stage one. Like, <laughs> like I have a column in the game that you're repeating the same levels over yeah. and over and over again. I guess you got a point there. Yeah, the music is like it seems like it's trying too hard to put attention to itself, mm. while the original Meat Boy soundtrack was just a bit more chill and like repeatable. Yeah. Uh, I move. Well, <laughs> I'm still playing PSO two. Oh, <laughs> why you're gonna you know you're literally like driving some kind of nail into my skull every time you mention that and when we do a podcast because that mean, that means you've been playing two more fucking weeks why do you hate this game you've so much? been playing for a month now why do you hate this game so much because it's bad it's not fun it's not good <laughs> Even you're not arguing this point at all. <laughs> Come on, Ree. Come on, Ree. This is your moment to it, leap to its defense. It's a good podcast game. I'm getting a lot of Mabim Bam listening to <laughs> that, that was pretty weak. I'm not going to lie. My, my podcast game is The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. So, sometimes you just want to eat trash. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm a trash baby. Everybody needs a little a little bit of trash is okay. If you need Rhett, he'll be in his room eating trash. <laughs> I have a whole list of your like stuff I want to talk about, but it's almost like whatever. You guys are so dismissive. No, I'm not dismissive. If you want to talk I, I, about PSO2, talk about PSO2, well, but I, but know that I'm going to before. But know that I'm going to rake you over the coals <laughs> for it. <clears throat> it's also Best hard. co-op experience of 2012. Fantasy oh, Star Online wow. 2. Rappy Mob Syndicate forever, bitches. Maybe, for, you maybe. Know what, Polly? What's up? For, Rappy Mob Syndicate forever. You got a point. Forever. And then right beneath that, most up its own ass game, Sword and Sorcery. <laughs> I'm not wrong! There you go. See? You got two in a row there. You got two, two great choices in a row there. Two great tastes, both less filling. So we, we probably don't need to make a habit of like pulling up people's old writing <laughs> and like going, "Ooh, you used to think differently than you do now." Let me, <laughs> just, let me just let me just pull up John, Let me pull up John's Metroid other M review. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so PSO two. Yeah, it has a story mode. I've been doing that. Yeah, and they've. Been... They have a thing now where you can just watch all the cutscenes that you've seen before. Uh-huh. So I, so I, le- very least, I'd have to fucking replay everything to see episode one again. Because <laughs> holy shit, those missions take a while. Mm-hmm. And that story is super weird because it's like your character is this weird time traveler, but they don't really explain any of it. And like how the time travel works seems completely ignored. <laughs> like it just seems like your character is able to exist in all places at once. Because mm-hmm. like. It's super weird because, like, you take different paths in the same mission that lead to totally different outcomes, and then it just moves on. Like, okay, you've seen all possible outcomes. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Okay. And then, like, so I'm doing episode two, which is actually like chapter two, like the new stuff they added. Well, mm-hmm. in 2013, after we quit, <laughs> and they give me an, a mission to actually go back to an episode one part. And like change how Fals arrived. Yeah, 
but then so originally when you did that mission you go with Zeno and you meet Fals and he tells you to get away and then when you redo it in mission two you take a different path and you fight you come around the other side and he's like I just told you to run away and it's <laughs> like wait but I wasn't there this time I was over here oh it's my God. strange <laughs> It's hella anime. It's like it's, that whole story is so fucking anime. It's time travel mechanics are a little dubious. Yeah, and like all the I've, anime. I've played a lot of really anime games lately, so I kind of get what you mean. It's just, it's just really stupid because they're actually making an animated PSO two anime, and it's and, <laughs> and it's and it's a totally different story, and not using the characters or voices from the game. And it's slice-of-life nonsense bullshit. Why would they do that? Why oh. would they do that? Like they, oh. You have this high-action game, and we're gonna this, make, oh, cute girls doing cute things anime out of it. Uh, yeah, cute Lisa doing cute murders. Yay! Like, <laughs> like the the girl who voices Lisa in the game is like this really, really popular high profile VA. And Weird. Like, so just get her to do the anime then. Yeah. Like, like just do the whole anime about Lisa being psychopath. Yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other things they've added is this whole crafting system. That's fucking kind of crazy. Yay. Crafting. You know what? The crafting's not that bad. Cause at least it's not grinding and affixing. Oh, which are God. still Those are the fucking worst ever. The devil. Doo-doo is the devil. The, they actually, like, on even-numbered blocks, there's a little NPC girl who replaces Doo-doo, and I think she's even worse. <laughs> like, I su- would, would not be surprised at all if they just made her, like, 5% less reliable. Because <laughs> she just seems to fail constantly. And holy shit, uh, ugh, I fucking hate grinding so much. It's like that's the shit that'll actually get me to quit. Yeah, grinding it, grinding is basically adding a plus one to your weapon. Yeah, it, it makes their stuff like five percent stronger per grind. But Wait, is grinding like a, an actual process in the game? Yeah, not a, just like yeah, I don't mean leveling what? up. I mean like you you talk to this NPC and they say, "Oh, you've got a sword. I can make it a sword plus one." And then you click yes, and it goes, okay, we succeeded. And then you can go up to plus 10. But, like, once you hit, like, plus 5, it'll start failing. And they'll be like, what? Oh, oh, fuck, it's plus 3 now, sorry. Yeah, you start Ooh. you start losing grinds. So yeah, you you can, just, you it's a slide, money sink. You can slide backwards really fast. I've had stuff that was, like, plus 7 go back to plus 3. And I'm just, you just want to throw the controller when that happens. <clears throat> and you have to click through these confirmation screens in, like, a two-second load... And it's just like, this would be fine if you could just like go do 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 super fast through it. Yeah. And then because it would stop at 10 eventually mm-hmm. or you'd run out of money or whatever. You would run out of money. Yeah, I've realized like don't even bother grinding 11 star stuff because it's like 13,000 per attempt. It's I don't like, think I ever grinded great. anything past plus six. Yeah. Like you can really feel like the higher rarity weapons are way less reliable. Like, if it's 9 or 10 star, I'm just like, fuck it, stop it at 7 or 6. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> crafting is interesting because it's like, it takes the weapon rarity into account, but not the actual weapon stats. Mm. So when you craft, it's not really crafting, but, like, it's called extend equipment. Yeah. But, like, all 7 stars 
will have the same stats once you extend it. That's... So if it's a, a really weak one or a really strong one, they'll all equalize to one point. That's it's basically them realizing that the balance was fucked, so they just made new numbers to balance yeah, by. Yeah, that's, that, the extend system was starting to be talked about when we originally quit. Really? Yeah. Man. I don't. Not sure if it was in when I last checked in in the game in 2013. Because you quit a few months before everyone else, and then we quit like by the end of episode one. Yeah. And then I started up back up right when episode two started, and then they fucking wiped people's hard drives. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I shouldn't play this anymore. No. <laughs> and then two years later, I'm a dumbass and. <laughs> you and everybody else. And the the appeal of old PSO is that it's this really kind of quick arcadey style MMO game where you just kind of blaze through these, go through these dungeons, yeah, pretty I quick mean, this, and raise up them is, numbers, and it feels good. I mean, this has that. This is still a quick arcadey kind of beat 'em up. It's just it's okay. really easy and really grindy and like mm-hmm. some of the big twelve person missions are like straight up epileptic. Like, yeah, it is so goddamn flashy. I remember, I remember, like when chain bursts and shit would happen. Even yeah. that was just like, good lord, this the entire area of walkable ground is item drops. <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually seen. I think they nerfed that stuff. So every time I do an advanced quest, I can get a chain burst by myself, and like nothing spawns. It's like okay, that's weird. I've never seen it in an actual group so far. Damn. Because I think people just abused the fuck out of that. Oh, like, yeah, you just go into would... an open field and set it up all fucking day. Yeah, they would get... Yeah, the balance in that game is still fucking crazy, but... The... I get some new stuff at level 70, so I'm at least going to keep going till then. And then okay, the level well, that's, that's <laughs> valid. Polly's just like, you're fucking... I'm done talking to you. <laughs> Like I, you, you can't hear it. You can't hear it when somebody face palms. But God, I hope you can feel it. Was trash. Everyone, everyone gets a little bit of trash. Oh, that's trash right. Is okay. Now I remember. Doctor No started playing specifically because he saw in the show notes for the last episode that I was playing again. Oh my God! What have I done? I'm so we, sorry, Doctor No. So we got him back, so now there's three of us, and then Ashley reinstalled the other day. I haven't actually seen her online yet, so we might have four now. I think <laughs> she's, like, at Comic-Con all weekend or something. Yeah, she's at Comic-Con, having a good uh, old time. Getting having having a better time than playing PSO, too. Yeah, more than likely, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that game is something. I'll probably stop talking about it on the podcast, because... <laughs> you don't have to. Nothing, no, just not, I just mean, like, nothing happens. You won't have there, more, really. anything more to say? Yeah, it'll just be like, yeah, I, d- I dumped another 50 hours in here and nothing happened. <laughs> I bought some costumes. Yay. Uh, that's right. The best line, though, was on, in the Fantasy Star 4 LP when you're like, fucking Rhett went back to PSO because they added Neptunia costumes and Andrea's like, oh. Oh, I might have to reinstall. Oh. They added Neptunia costumes? <laughs> oh. Not helping my cause. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves the Nep costumes. Everybody loves Neptunia. Yeah, it's a much better game than PS2. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> even even with all of Neptunia's repeated content, it's still better than PSO2. Oh 
Oh man, now that's actually a tough one. There's probably less dungeons in PS in Neptunia <laughs> than PSO2. <laughs> I, really, I want to go back to that one at some point. How fucking good would it be if they really went all out with the dumb collaborations in PSO2 and they just made like that factory from Neptunia a dungeon? <laughs> so Guys, let like, us have your assets. We'll make yeah. a dungeon out of it. Just make like a literal one room thing where just mechs spawn and it's just like, yep. <laughs> like it's This is so a Neptunia stupid. crossover. <laughs> Visit that factory everybody knows and loves from Hyperdimension Neptunia. <laughs> yeah, just have a twelve person mission in there where you just stand in one room and it stops. <laughs> That'd be so stupid. <laughs> The one thing I'm shocked about in PSO2 is that the economy is not completely broken somehow. How, I don't know how that thing's still not completely broken yet. Yeah, it's amazing. I think because grinding, or not grinding, I mean grinding and affixing were the original huge money sink. Yeah. And like extending is also a money sink. Yeah. Once you get to the higher stuff, it like just is like 200k probably per thing. But like, at least that always succeeds. Mm. It's fucking, fucking affixing, man. That shit is so bad. Like, I don't, can't even really explain it. It's like sometimes when you find a weapon, it'll have, like, a strength modifier. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, get a bunch of those and put them together on another weapon. But it'll have, like, a 50% chance of landing. Yeah. But then if you want to do, like, strength, vitality, and magic all at once, you, they each have their individual 50% chance of landing. Yep. So only some will make it, and you spend, like, millions of fucking Mazetta trying to do that shit. It's horrible. It's it's the worst system. Like just, I'm just shaking my head at you so fucking hard right now. I, I don't... I never I like that shit, even... <laughs> I did it once. Actually, I think I've done it twice since coming back. But it was on stuff, like, with one item. It's like, well... This has, like, plus five ranged attack, so I don't care about that, so I don't care if it misses, and then it landed. I'm like, okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think they changed this so you can, like, use more weapons as ingredients. Yeah. So you can stack, like, five weapons into one now, but, like, the price multiplies. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow, I can do five things at once and get a higher chance, and it's like, this will cost 800k. I'm like, nope. I still have costumes to buy. Yeah, I have gone. So that's the thing. The economy is weird because I've I started with six million when I came back. Yeah, spent it all on fucking Neptunian <laughs> Sega costumes. Got got back up to two million. Bought some more costumes. Got back up to two million. Bought some more costumes. Now I'm at one million right now. Because what else are you gonna buy? Fashion star online. Fucking Chelsea is even worse than with the costumes. Yeah, she, I am. She loves those costumes. That post she did on the forum was just like, damn, you have a lot of outfits. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're just waiting for the next update and they add the Halloween costumes that look cool. Because that's, that's really the heart of this game is... Costumes. Yeah, costumes. And, and, only, oh. if, and only if you play a female character because they don't, they don't really even them out very well. <laughs> well, they're probably proportionate to how many people play girl characters, which is right, like right. 80%. Yeah. Fantasy Star Dress Up Simulator 2015. That's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. Never coming to the US. Fucking good. I don't even care. <laughs> I, got, yeah, I, I got my I got I got the one outfit I wanted and was just like I'm done. Which I'm, one's I'm, that, I'm the, that heart, heartbreaker? Uh the coffee um 
Oh yeah. No, the white one. Yeah. It's like I wanted that. It was just like it, once I get that, I'm done. And I, <laughs> I wasn't wrong. It was just like I got that outfit, and I signed on a few more times after that, just to hang out in my room. <laughs> With the coffee outfit. Yeah, with the coffee outfit, and it was like, all right, I'm done. Oh, they added Ragall, or not Ragall, Pioneer 2 to the team room. And it's really stupid, because it's the exact Dreamcast model, and you can run around it. Oh, God. And there's, and there's no NPCs, so it's oh. useless. So, wow, that's real good. It, like, could have been this awesome little hub. Yeah. Instead, it's completely useless, because there's nothing there. Because effort! What a fucking dumb game. You can tag the you can tag your team room with anime symbol art now. This game is butt. <laughs> I put Umaru on the big monitor. You know, I've got a game I think you might really like, Reed. Have you played Ten Billion Wives? Oh God! <laughs> Have you played Polyclicker? <laughs> Polyclicker, way more fun than PSO two. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to disagree with that one. Watching yeah, the, the numbers going up in that game are way more satisfying. It's true. Yeah, the numbers actually go up. You fucking cap out in PSO2 eventually. Yeah. And then they trick people into spending billions trying to get, like, plus 20 attack. It's like, why do you care that much? <laughs> it's like, in the overall damage equation, you're probably doing 50 to 60 more damage to enemies that have thousands of hit points. Oh. Yeah. Whoopie fucking do. It's funny. The game felt balanced when it was just me and Chelsea playing, and then Dr. No shows up, and he plays a ranger, and he has weak bullet. Oh, good. So it just immediately became this train wreck of train. I don't, I'm. You are the off, train. I'm the train. We're stomping enemies because weak bullet will make you do like three times damage to an enemy. Yeah. So he hit, hits that on a boss, and I did like a 126,000 damage hit. As a force, which is crazy. That's stupid. Forces, like, they really buffed him. A Sounds lot. Like it. <laughs> so that's, that's a video game. That is. <laughs> I wanted to talk about it because I honestly kind of don't remember the last podcast because I was a little tired. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you had a day. I had a day last week, and I was just like, you asked me about the games I was playing, and I was like, Oh, Saints Row? I played that. I played that. <laughs> yeah. So, continuing that. That might, I... be me. that might be me next week, next podcast. <laughs> oh, that's you this podcast. No, that's what I mean. I might get next week, I might be like, <laughs> oh. what happened? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So, I also played Saints Row 4. Mm hmm. Coming, coming straight off of Saints Row 3, the, or Saints Row the Third. Mm hmm. And so, to back up a bit. There's two endings in Saints Row the Third. You've played that game, right? Yes. So, are we all in agreement that one of them sucks? Mm hmm. <laughs> so, I went for the sucky ending first mm. when I played it this time. I was just like, bye, Shondi. I'm going after Killbane. Yeah. Because I knew that was the bad ending and yeah. I wanted to do it in the opposite order. Mm hmm. And the thing I didn't realize when I first played Saints Row 4 is that. The start of that game actually connects really nicely to the good ending in Saints Row 3. Yeah. So it's clearly w very clear which ending they went from. Yeah. Because in the bad ending, Kilbane and the military guy, they both die. Yeah. So in the good ending, you kind of make amends with Kilbane in the 
the movie sequence. And then Saints Row 4 straight up starts with you going after the military guy. Like, it's a shockingly smooth transition between them, which I didn't remember. It's really all. cool. When you don't, when you have like three years between the games, you can't tend to forget small details like that. Yeah. But when, when it's five minutes, you're like, oh, wow, this really picks up right where. And then Saints Row 4 itself has this weird, like, multi year time skip where you just become president. Yes. So it in itself isn't very smooth, but the connection to Saints Row 3 is perfectly smooth. Yeah. And holy shit, the fucking intro for that game, though. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid. They put, like, all their big set pieces right at front, though. Yeah, yeah. And almost almost to a fault, like, how on fire it is at the start. Yeah. Where it starts with a Call of Duty parody. Mm-hmm. Then you jump off a missile while Aerosmith plays. <laughs> Was this three or four? This is four now. Okay. Because three had the really explosive beginning, too, didn't it? Four yes. goes way crazier. Yeah. Oh, wow. Four, four is just so stupid and over the top. Okay, and that's saying like, something, because if I remember in three, all I the thing I only remember is, like, f- free-falling and then, like, falling through a plane while shooting yeah. a bunch of people yes. and then grabbing your friend. <laughs> yes. That one is as that you're pretty good. That is so good. So Saints Row 4 starts with a Call of Duty parody where you're like, you're sneaking up on dudes and, and there's a gigantic press F prompt in it for, to knife them. Yes. And there's like a QTE boss battle and then you jump on a nuclear missile while Aerosmith's Don't Want to Miss a Thing plays. <laughs> you jump off the missile while it explodes and then it just does like the Saints Row 3 uh like unlocked things and it just says unlocked adoration of america unlocked presidency unlocked keith keith davis as a vice president yes so then it just cuts to you being president of the united states it's bizarre but then immediately after that aliens invade there's this whole turret sequence where you're like on the white house lawn shooting down spaceships and ufos (laughs) and like you can see like the washington monument in the background yeah then you get captured by the aliens. And then the third mission is you're in this <laughs> VR simulation of, like, the 1950s. And, you're, and there's, there's a fucking eating a pancake QTE. And, like, the way you walk in that is just, like, yeah. you have this jaunty, arms-exaggerated, moving kind of thing. It's it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they front-load that game with so much good yeah. shit that by, like, the time you've, like, been playing it for 20 hours, it starts to feel a little thin. Yeah, it's... Because I, when I think back on... Between them, like, I think Saints Row 3 might have the better individual set pieces, like the fucking Luchador with Chainsaw's fight. Yeah. Or a Decker's Die, obviously. Yeah, Decker's... But Saints Row 4 starts so strong, it's like, man, they really didn't pace themselves. Yeah, they just were like, we want to do all of our crazy stuff now. Yeah. But as an open world game, I think 4 has the edge for me. Like, I just like playing it more. I think that's just because the powers and stuff make it so much easier to get around. Yeah. Things like that. I was just really thinking about this while playing it. Like, there's just a flow to that game that is just kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is because you have the power, you have superpowers in this game, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can like super run and super, it's funny. They give you one mission where you're in the car and then yeah. you immediately get the super run. It's like, okay, I'm never going to use a car again. Yeah. <laughs> Except if you make me, but like 
there are very smart changes in that game how like the radio just plays anywhere yeah and they moved like the assassination missions and other things to the world map instead of having to go into a menu yeah so you can just run around and like that stuff loads instantly Mm -hmm. so you can just keep going between these activities without any sort of break while the radio keeps playing it's just it's really damn smooth yeah it's just kind of like you know like most open world games like everything starts to feel compartmentalized um and like uh uh, to to me saints row 4 feels a lot like infamous and infamous 2 where like everything is just on your map and you can just go in and things will start loading in yeah it's really cool just going up to an icon and just you just click into whatever activity you were on instantly yeah and the radio keeps going and it's just it's like this non-stop music video almost of just doing cool shit yeah and then oh uh, there's a diversion over there to blow up some guys i'm gonna blow them up then i'm gonna jump over here and they may have gone a bit fucking overboard with the number of those the the clusters the, the crystals yeah whatever the clusters i guess there's over a thousand clusters yeah yeah they're it's just fucking ridiculous they're everywhere and i was looking at, they're literally like every other rooftop has one yeah because you can just look out and see hundreds of them and it's just like oh god that's a bit much yeah and i looked at the steam sets and it says like five percent of players got all of them and i'm like fucking how is that is that just straight up like the ocd rate of humanity is five percent like what do you like what do you do if there's like one left like how do you track down that last one you get an upgrade later to see them on your map. Oh. Oh, that would just drive me insane. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like... I So I'm towards the end. I haven't actually beaten the game yet, but I have have done everything. Yeah. In the, in the open world, I've done every activity. Every activity, every, every level every diversion. of every activity. Yeah, every uh, loyalty quest for your companions, because <laughs> it's Mass Effect 2. <laughs> so, like, there's nothing on my map... Except for those damned clusters. Oh, God. And, and I've still got, like, 400 left. It's like, what the fuck? I've bought every uh, upgrade. Like, there's no Like, why reason. do you need more? Yeah, they they really went a bit overkill on those, but yeah. Uh, so I when I first played it last year, it was during the free weekend because I'm a horrible person, so I marathoned it in, like, two days. Yeah. So I barely remembered anything. Uh, so I got the complete edition this time and it also had the two dlc packs oh good which i've also played now Mm. so the first one was called enter the dominatrix yeah that was originally what saints row 4 was originally supposed to be yeah so originally they were working on a dlc for saints row the third called enter the dominatrix yeah and then they announced that enter the dominatrix wasn't going to be happening and that it was becoming saints row 4 and then they announced the first DLC for Saints Row 4, and it's called Enter the Dominatrix. And people are like, what? the? F- <laughs> what are you people doing? Yeah. So basically, this DLC is a behind-the-scenes, what if it, we had done it oh. that way thing. And it's, it's super weird. Cause like it's in like, a meta way? Yeah, it's the characters talking as, like, oh yeah, and then... The boss was here and the aliens attacked. Like, there's a whole different version of the alien attack at the start. Oh, wow. Because you, you aren't becoming president. It just takes place in Steelport. Oh. And, you're, and you're back in, like, the real world with aliens everywhere. Oh. 
it's it's weird because like the missions don't really flow between each other mm. and then there's there's like one or two straight up like how would you call it like animatics of like cutscenes that weren't finished oh so just like storyboards yeah but somewhat animated and then they'll have like an arrow pointing towards a a character that says stand stand in for player created character <laughs> It's weird, though, because, like, they're clearly, like, they didn't... Actually, I have to go back a bit. One thing that sucks in Saints Row 4 is that they changed the voice actors for the females player characters. So, when you play this DLC, which is purportedly taking place as a Saints Row 3 DLC, it's still using your Saints Row 4 character's voice. So, it's clear they did make new material for this, so it's super weird just trying to figure out where the line of... Which of this stuff is actually behind the scenes material and which is just rewritten for this DLC yeah. that you're now playing? And like, what is a goof? Like, what what, yeah. what part of this is a goof? It's so weird. And then you get to the ending, and they go, "Yeah, this ending was too stupid for even us." Here it is. <laughs> and, I'm think- and I'm thinking, what could be too stupid for even Saints Row Three? So should I just say what happens? Go for it. A bunch of talking velociraptors show up. You get on the backs of one of them. And there's a short little in-game part where you're riding on Velociraptor while he sings Ride the Dinosaur. <laughs> in like this screechy voice. <laughs> <laughs> so you're riding around and he's like, Everybody ride the dinosaur! He's like, what? <laughs> and then... And then it does like the Contra Hardcore ending where you go travel back in time and rejoin Dinosaur Society. Oh, it's good. Like, it's super fucking That's, weird. Yeah. Maybe a little too stupid. Yeah. And I think probably the biggest pro- weird. I'm tripping all over myself today, sorry. You know how I said last week that Saints Row 3 had a lot more sex stuff yeah. in the writing than I remembered? Mm hmm. So this DLC goes right back to all of that. Oh. Yeah. Like, the main enemy is the dominatrix, which is, like, a wordplay on the matrix, but also she's a dominatrix. Right. So there's, like, a mission where you're in her, uh... Oh. Are we I'm going sh- there? <laughs> well, basically, you're, like, shooting gimps and stuff, and, like, there's another horse race with, uh, Zemos pulling your chariot, and you shoot at other chariots and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, oh man, there's none of this stuff in Saints Row 4, and you brought it back for this. Great. Good. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. And I just no- did notice there's one mission in Saints Row 4 that is, gets into the kind of sex stuff, mm-hmm. but then they subvert it by having your character be the stripper. <laughs> so she's embracing it, like, no, I'm owning my sexuality. You guys are the prudes for not approving of this. That's really cool. It's kind of this funny reversal. Uh, and then I played the other DLC, which is the Saint Save Christmas. <laughs> and that one's great. It's yeah, great. I've I've heard nothing but good about that one. Yeah, I have to play that again on Christmas. I might yeah. do an LP of it. That would be good. I think you should. It's, it's really silly. Like, you fight against an enemy called Claws mm-hmm. while Santa helps you. Santa and Claws are different characters. <laughs> And it's just, like, evil robotic elves and stuff. It's, 
<laughs> it's very silly in a cool, in a cool way. And I, I, I like when I like when I first saw that DLC like had a name. I was like, if if the main antagonist of this DLC isn't named Santa Claus, but it's spelled C L A W S, I'm going to be very angry. Yeah. So that's Saints Row Four. I still really, really like that game, which is why it was on my top ten games last year. Cool, cool. So uh, that's what I've been up to. John, what have you been doing? Okay, well, let's get started um, with one we all want to mention first, Saga Frontier. Woo! <laughs> Finally! Um, that's a game I haven't played in about a month, and I'm probably just not going to really worry about it and just kind of not care about it until the next time the mood strikes me. I'm just going <laughs> to kind of let that one go. Just you know feel like that's say, okay. Lightning never strikes the same place twice. <laughs> Yeah, that's two in a row, that's two in a row of the mainline saga games that just didn't grab me the way that the Game Boy game the first two Game Boy games did. So, uh, gosh hope, darn it! Yeah, <laughs> maybe Samurai Karasu just talked some sense into you. Mm, I mean, having, having your opinions laughed at for an hour straight might might do that to somebody. Though. That and also just playing a bunch of games that don't require any like effort to enjoy at all. Like I went and played Mario Maker and Mario 3D World. <laughs> Right after that, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to play some Mario Maker Mario still. Mario Maker looks so good. Why can't Why can't Mario Maker be out on 3DS, too? It's so fun. <laughs> I, I can't believe... I, I haven't played Mario Maker in a couple... In the two weeks, too, because I played Mario 3D World with Anna for all week, and then last week has been a bunch of other great games, so... You know what? If they would just put out, like, the ability to create Mario 1 levels on the 3ds they would sell so many copies yeah it really should have been on the 3ds that's probably the biggest fault <laughs> of the game is no that it I, I think that it would have been fine if they would have just released it on both like they did uh, super mm-hmm. smash brothers they could have just done like like smaller differences between um both versions and it's just like hey you know what i would i would have bought like eight copies yeah because then because then it could have just retouched that many more kids really yeah. just cut that so many more kids lives touching kids That's yeah i, I kind of i'm sorry about that come to <laughs> come to the socks cast for all your kid touching needs <laughs> police state <laughs> I, keep so. having, I, I keep having mario maker ideas and just sending them to john because i'm just like thumbs up Thumbs. I haven't made one in, in that time because there's just been so much other good stuff. Recreate the energy zone from Contra. <laughs> there you go. It could be done with fire bars and uh, and like those um, the uh, like uh, the jet thrusters. Yeah, or the jet thrusters. It could be done. Yeah, that makes sense. So oh my make, god! Go make it and post it as me. That sounds like a good time. Those you're, Mario Maker is really fun. Yeah. So yeah, I played. I did not play Saga Frontier. I feel like I'm just learning to love myself again, and it's feeling pretty good. <laughs> a proper cleansing after Mario 3D World was just so lovely. Um, so I actually played all of Metal Gear Solid One on a yes! one because everyone was talking about Metal Gear, and I was like, oh yeah, I I really I fucking loved. Um, especially the PS2 games as a kid. Like, yeah. I just lived those games for, like, two years. Um, and then I, I only had beaten Metal Gear Solid 1 once. Mm-hmm. So I got to finally just go through that whole game, and it was really fun. Yep. Um, I didn't realize... I didn't remember how over-the-top that game gets in the climax. Yeah, right? and a lot of people th- seem to think that the first Metal Gear Solid game is, like, 
the super grounded, serious, grounded, feasible <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. But it's like, no, you get to the back half of that game, and it kind of goes off of its nut. You yeah. fist fight on a giant robot, and then after explosions. fighting a giant robot, and then you you do a car chase. Your main the main villain dies like five times. <laughs> Yeah, John messages me like, "You stole this for hunters, didn't you?" No, not no, not that. Just that. Just that. It's very me- similar. It reminded me of hunters, which is just so funny because like, that's been that's been my touchstone. Actually, has been hunters <laughs> lately. Like every time something is just completely unrestrained and ridiculous, and just keeps going. <laughs> like when something when you could maybe have the reaction you want with like one thing. And then you do it with five things getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> I don't know if it has, like, a better reaction, but it's certainly something really lovely. Yes. It's Even if it's just as effective as one boss, there's something kind of nice about five <laughs> bosses getting progressively more ridiculous. Yes, I love that kind of ridiculous in, in video games. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and Metal Gear Solid has a lot of that. Oh, it's God, so, yeah. so funny how little st- sneaking there is in Metal Gear Solid 1. There, like, I saw a count. Uh, and there's there are, 23 yeah. enemies. There's 23 guards in the Jesus. whole game. That's way low. I whole thought it was game. like 34. That's even lower. Oh, my God. If they, people, like, complain about the backtracking from... Um, before to get the, you get the sniper rifle, mm-hmm. and like if they took that out, that'd probably be like forty percent of the sneaking in the whole game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the longest uninterrupted um, play, aside yeah. from the other big tra- backtracking thing at the end. But the backtracking at the end is really boring because there's not there's like, not much to really. It's just like uh-oh. I need to get back. Mm-hmm. Because in MG, the first backtracking, you're backtracking through areas that changed. Yeah, and new sneaking challenges based on these same locations. And then you just go back through it one more time. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, in, um, at the end, you have to go back and forth through these very static locations one, um, three times. And there and are I a couple think, of cameras here and there, and that's about it. Yeah, but you just chuck chaff grenades. Yeah, and, and you've yeah. got just a near-infinite supply of those mm-hmm. by the time you get there. There's basically all gun cameras by the end of the game. Like, yeah. they just kind of abandon the regular surveillance cameras, and the gun cameras aren't as interesting because they don't trigger an alert. They just shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh. They don't shoot you and trigger an alert. They just shoot you, which is less like trying because they yeah. can miss. Weird. So I just want to say yeah. when I bitched about the backtracking, I was talking about the second one. I forgot about the first one. Yeah, the first like, one's fine. The, the second like one is the one that's actually annoying. Yeah, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it's just irritating. It's clear padding. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But it, yeah, and I guess. No, no, it's just bad. <laughs> and that's not how memory shape alloys work anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, obviously. That's that's the fault there. But then the then the coal climax is pretty just rad. Yeah. The stuff with um, Gray Fox is really, is pretty decently affecting, even probably more than it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ending is sweet. I, I, I probably might have enjoyed the Otacon ending a little more with the with the Merrill ending. It maybe was a little too too sweet. A little <laughs> for me. too sappy. A saccharine, yeah. And I, and you know I'm this is me, so that's saying something. Yeah. Um. So it that, it was like okay, I I like what this is offering, but I think when I move on to two and three, I'll probably have a better time. Yeah. Um. I think those games are smarter and better mm. and more fun to play. <laughs> Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. 
Yeah. So MGS one is like this weird conception. Yeah. Sorry. I can't wait for you to get to four. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm leading up to four. Because if you think this is the over top, the over the top ending, <laughs> mm-hmm. holy shite! Yeah, three, three, one upset, definitely. Two is probably the only one that doesn't have like a bigger yeah. climax than oh, the previous excuse one. Excuse me. Well, you wait, no, fight, no, like, you're right. Metal Gears with a rocket launcher or something. Okay, that's true. <laughs> well, and then you sword fight the president on top of Federal Hall. You know what? Good point. And also all of this while the whole structure of the video game is like being dissected. <laughs> while you so, crawl up its ass. And you you crawl up the ass of video games. Literally. So, it, it, never it, is mind. The, it is called the ascending colon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Arsenal Gear. Oh my god. So every every Metal Gear has a bigger climax than the last. So that's nuts. But the fourth game. It's so <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh my god. So, Metal Gear is something special. The first one is probably the worst one, which is kind of weird and amazing, considering that it's really fun. Yeah. It's um, it's it's this weird conceptual, like, arty thing, because maybe 10% or 20%, maybe like 10% or 15% of the game is the, the sneaking. So... Most of it is bosses and then a bunch of cutscenes. Yeah. <sighs> but then it, it really benefits from being a video game because it do, pulls all those tricks just constantly. Yeah. Good shit. Good stuff. Prob- Good stuff. Probably the worst game I've played in the last week, <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> well, then. Um, <laughs> so I went, oh, um, also cool. Um, one second while this clock rings. Just... <laughs> okay. We've um, only got of- we've only got five and a half more hours to escape. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, so one more thing. Anna's playing Persona Three again, and she's just having a blast. That's good. It's Pers- great. I, I never played it. Actually, I I personally like I love the shit out of Persona Four, but mm-hmm. I I prefer the themes and atmosphere that Persona Three has a lot more. I think it's just more foreboding and it's just much darker and. I think that it's lyrical or lyrical themes. That's not what I was going for. <laughs> no, it's 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 uh, it's thematic. It's thematic point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. I think is really interesting, and I think that how they conceptualize the evoker and how, like you know, the act of mock killing yourself is a way of kind of letting go. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think is a really cool metaphor. It's such a it's such a cool and evocative game. I I've just really enjoyed watching Anna, kind of dabble in it. Yeah. It's. Well, no, not Dabble. She's um almost halfway through now. Oh, that's um, good. From, yeah, from basically no, not 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 into it at all. She's so, playing the PS2 version, right? PS2 FES version on easy mode. Oh, uh, okay, um, good, good, good. Yeah, because yeah, I was wondering how the that game how is the hard, oh, right? Good God! Even even when she gets to some of the later parts of Tartarus, it's going to be real trying. Yeah, because she's even been easy. blazing through. I was so impressed because um, she's gone from having not played any video games at all, to playing a Shin Megami Tensei game. Yeah. And... Laughing, ta- we... Laughing Table's gonna have some words to say yeah. when she gets to that boss, because holy crap, that boss. Mm-hmm. It's like, even on easy mode, this has to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really impressed with how well she's taken to it. And also it's fun, because she's played Persona 4 a bunch, and it makes me really happy that she's enjoying this one, too. Do you know um, what specifically changes on easy? 
Um, enemies, I think, have 15% less health, and I think they hit you for 25% less damage. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> that's cool. not that's not huge. No, it's not. It, it's really uh, cool. And you get, uh, you get the like... The 10 Moon Sukabanes, right? Yeah. That let you revive let from you, death. Yeah, they let you auto-revive, and they also revive and restore the HP and SP of all party members. Mm-hmm. They're really nice. I don't think she's used them yet, though, so she'll get to save those for the back half which is nice yeah yeah that last boss is gonna take a while oh, <laughs> would you say I, I googled it i heard you just googled it it has like 14 forms yeah. it's the hunters of last bosses that and, and like there's one specific like um there's one form of it that can cast confuse on your main character way late into the fight like this is like the Ugh. i think it's like the actual final form can confuse your main character oh and then you can't <laughs> control the other ones which i was really worried was just gonna ruin it for her but she's and doing okay if that happens you are basically fucked. wait you're so basically if your main fucked. character gets confused he can't issue orders to anybody else no everybody no. well everybody oh, acts like, independently oh. anyway like uh oh, your, your okay. other three party members um, like no matter, like there is no way to give them direct commands uh, in Persona Three in its original state. Like you couldn't like tell them what to do; they acted on their own. Um, so when you lose control of your main character, you lose control of your only way of deciding the flow of battle. And you've got to just kind of hope that they can either get the main character back to health, or you are fucked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, when yeah when the main character has a debilitating status effect, then you just aren't in control of anything. You don't. It just is a move. It's auto playing um, <laughs> because of the way it works. And then if your main character dies, then the game's over. Yeah. So my hope. So hopefully she has a couple moon sugabanes um, for the final boss. She only used like three of them in all of Persona Four. So. Uh yeah, she should be fine then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the amazingness of going from. Nino Kuni, and then Chrono Trigger and Pokemon, and then just jumping into <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei is really cool. Remember when uh, Giant Bomb were playing Persona 4, and the first time they ever got Hamad, it was just like, what? That didn't just happen? No, that can't happen! Some deals work. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, they were taunting the enemy for casting Hom. It was like, yeah, someday it's gonna work. And then like the next, the very next turn, the main character gets Hamid. And they had been in that dungeon for like forty-five <laughs> to fifty minutes. Oh, that's so good. And it, their their reaction was just like, no, no, that's not allowed. No, <laughs> you're playing a Mega Ten game. Oh my god! It's one. It's basically one of my favorite let's playing moments ever. Hmm. Oh man. So Persona Three looks really cool. Last time she played Persona Three for a little bit, I was like, "Oh, this is so good! I need to go play a Mega Ten game." And then I beat all of Shin Megami Tensei One. Mm. Had a blast. Cool. So I'm probably gonna. She's probably gonna finish it, and then I'm probably gonna just play Persona Three. There you go. Mm-hmm. I also have Nocturne, which I really want to play, and Strange Journey, and that's pretty much the extent of what I want to play. Mega, uh, that, those are the big Mega Ten games I want to play. Strange Journey is really good. I still like, even though I know you're down on it, I still want to play SMT Four. Oh yeah, I'm not that down on it. It just, I don't really feel excited about enough about it enough to want to sink in the fifty hours. You know. Understood. Understood. Um, it, just when I have all these other Mega Ten games, I'm really excited about. Yeah, like Nocturne is really high on my list, and like I want to mm-hmm. play that. Like I think we should play that together. 
Like that would be Oh, that's cool, an awesome idea. That'd be a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after, so also I got, I bought VLR and also I bought the, um, MGS HD collection so I could move on to two and three and Peace Walker and good, four, good four before Peace Walker. Um, and then, you know, maybe just play five, you know, sometime in, instead of eight years after it comes out, maybe like a year or two after it comes out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm finished with my copy, so cool. just say the oh, word. Well, boom. Um, so VLR is really good. <laughs> Yeah, this is um, the follow this is up. This nine, nine, the follow up to nine nine nine. Yeah, it's a... nine hours, nine persons, nine rows, nine columns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, I was really kind of asto- I was really impressed by the production values. Um, just considering I was coming off of the iPhone version with mm-hmm. just no um, gameplay segments at all. Yeah. Um, Did it even have um, the Sudoku puzzle at the end? No, it didn't. Oh wow! So I had—I just had to kind of cons- imagine. I, I, the imagining it happening was almost as good. I think <laughs> the iOS—the iOS version really does miss one big thing because, like, I went mm-hmm. back—I went back and I played the uh, the true ending. Um, I played through the true ending route for nine 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 again because uh, I, I I also played through the entirety of VLR in the last two weeks as well. Uh, but I went back and played the true ending of nine nine nine, and I thought like I thought of how like that game how it utilizes the ds for its narrative structure like how like what happens on the bottom screen and the top screen is very important and why they have mm-hmm. to flip and why the ds is flipped over so that the top screen is the bottom screen like and it's just like that is such an important and impactful moment in the story and like mm-hmm. I, I i just have to think that like the ios version really misses the point on that mhm yeah so it's this thing where the the payoff is better in the DS version, but it's, you know, you're, you're more likely to have the patience to reach the payoff if you play the iOS version. Yeah, and, and I kind of actually softened up on some of the puzzles in 999. That's good. Uh, I don't think that they're bad. I think that just by the time that I had gotten to the point of reaching the true ending of that game, I was tired of having to continuously redo them. Yeah, it really just seems like kind of a structural weakness there. But but Virtue's Last Reward... Especially since especially since you have to get all the endings before you can get the true ending in the DS version, right? Uh, I think you only need to see the safe ending. Okay, then that's what unlock. the iOS version is like. Oh, okay. Cool. So, VLR, I've only finished one route, um, so I can't go super in-depth on it. I just finished it. I just closed it um, right as the British robot was introduced... Oh, so, one of my probably my favorite character said, in the game. He said one line, and I was like, "Okay, I have to save this." And I you... saved it, and I'm going to turn it on and just be like, "Yes, enjoy this character. <laughs> he is so good." I I I could tell because I got the gold file, so I realized, "Oh God, they're going to introduce a new a robot." And then the guy spoke up with a Cockney accent, which they had also said in the gold file. Yeah, the so. gold the gold file usually there, there there are two passwords that you get uh, for mm-hmm. com- for completing um, each puzzle room, mm-hmm. and the gold file uh, you get the password to get out, which is the key to the door that unlocks the next phase of the game, uh, and then there is a gold file which gives you supplementary info that you can go in and read, and some of those can be a little spoilery, um, which feels kind of misguided i guess because Mm -hmm. like i ended up learning some things about some of the true nature of that game a little Mm -hmm. before i was supposed to i think hmm Um, weird i'm i'm enjoying getting them it's it's a fun extra challenge mm. um 
Because the puzzles are so fun. Oh, they're so good. They're like somewhere in between a Resident Evil puzzle and a Mist puzzle, like really good versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, um, there's some like, kind of like the room. Yeah, they're 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 escape the room puzzles essentially, which is yeah. basically what nine nine nines were. Um, mm-hmm. But like, they're really smart, and like every route has a different set of puzzles. So you, like in or like on your way to getting all of the endings of nine nine nine, of which I think there are like twelve. Uh huh. Um, you 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 never repeat a puzzle. You know, you're always doing something new in every room. So if you get stuck on a puzzle, you know the game's got a handy flowchart where you can just like jump back into any other point uh, in the yeah, timeline. Yeah, that is really nice. So it's really like uh, it's a really smartly designed game that really took mm-hmm. to heart a lot of the problems of the original game. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's really clever, and you can go down to easy mode. So and just not get the full gold file, which well, is just nice do, to know. What you do is yeah, the easy thing to do is like if you want to save right before. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. knock them, knock it down to easy. Uh-huh. Fit, finish the room, get the gold password file, or, or don't get the file, but just get the password. Go back, uh-huh. go back in after you clear it, and uh, just go to the safe and unlock the safe again. But don't change. But don't change it to easy. That's all you got to do. Oh, so, cool! So you can get the extra hints that you get um, uh, by playing on easy mode. Uh-huh. And then um, the next time you come back in and repeat the puzzle, you already got the passwords. So all mm-hmm. you've got to do is just unlock the safe again and get the gold file. Oh my god! So you don't even have to do all the stuff again. <laughs> no, you don't. That's amazing. Cool. Oh my god, that game is really. It's really, it's really good, uh, and I really like the way that it's um, already introducing the weird uh, metaphysical stuff that my nine nine saved for its very end. Yeah, the um, way like the way nine 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 contextualizes use of the DS, I think that VLR makes up for that by not being able to do so because it's also a Vita game. So they they contextualize the mechanic in which you use to jump around the story, and I think that that's really really cool. How you know. He, he 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 does this in a lot of his games. Apparently, is that he likes huh. to he likes to give mechanics a reason to be there and not just because it's a video game. That's you know I really love that. Also, just kind of time loop e stories. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird how much those can just be like ridiculously emotionally affecting? Emotionally affecting and really fascinating. Higura- oh. like Higurashi, Higurashi, like- Madoka. Secretly, <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh. all of these cool, fun things, you know. So yeah, I'm, I, I, I can't wait to hear more about like, mm-hmm. like once you start digging deeper into VLR, seeing more of the story's true nature, the endings, and mm-hmm. that's going to be a really, really fun conversation. I think. Yeah, that game is really neat, and I'm ready to just tear into the rest of that. All right, um, I played one more game. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh boy, here we go. All right, okay. get yourselves comfy, folks. Okay. Get the pillows out. No spoilers. Absolutely okay. no spoilers because I am only 3.5 hours into this game, and if you ruin it, I'm going to ruin VLR for you. <laughs> oh, She will. I already told Rhett what I was going to tell you. <laughs> I think ruining Undertale would be worse. <laughs> okay. Okay. I played... Oh, I, yeah. Undertale is the game that I've been playing. Um, it's... An indie RPG, JRPG type game made mostly by one person. Um, 
it uh, instead of just strictly turn-based combat, it incorporates um, a mechanic where you appear a heart, your heart, your soul appears in a box on the screen represented by a heart, and then each enemy has a unique like bullet attack that it sends at your heart into this little box that you dodge. That's contextual for each enemy. Um, so it basically turns JRPG combat into a bunch of mini WarioWare slash Toho challenges. Yeah. Um, Sounds good. That's really... That are really, really fun. And the and bullet patterns, they're not as simple as you might think, and they <laughs> use them in really, really cool ways <clears throat> that I figured out... that I found out just before we started recording. I played a, <laughs> I played a boss fight where that mechanic got turned on its ear, and I was like, oh, you crazy fucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they completely... They do that over and over and over again. It just completely turns the whole thing inside out and upside down and just um, exploits that idea as mu- as far as it can possibly go mm-hmm. in many, many different ways. Um, so the RPG that is probably the one that um, is going to – people are going to compare this one to the most is Earthbound. Absolutely. Um, which makes sense. The guy has, was very much inspired by Earthbound. Um, so I've, I've been kind of thinking about this game a lot um, because this was kind of my arc with the game was I played it for about as long as Polly had played it. And I was like, you know what? This is way better than Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. <laughs> and like... A w- I, wonderful comparison. I, <laughs> and I went in detail on why I thought that. And then I beat the beat the main game first time through and um, went, you know, I'm pretty sure I like Mother 3 more than this game. Mm. And I went, I'm pretty sure. And then <laughs> I played it again and got the true the true ending, true ending, whatever. And the, then I was just, I kind of had a little meltdown on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and then... Um, I saw just... a t- I saw a tweet saying you want to have a physical copy of Mother Three to throw in the garbage. <laughs> so that was this an is... joke. Yeah, because this is basically just the it's the best fucking game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I mean, wow. is it is it just um, number one now? Because you compared it to Silent Hill Two and Mother Three and said it was better. Uh, it's not it's it's not better because there's a level where there's I, I'm convinced that there's just a level of quality where trying to rank them is is just completely well, nonsense. Um, okay, maybe not better, but it sounds like it's your favorite right now. It. Oof, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was listening to um, Retsu talk earlier this week and uh, Slow Beef was talking about being on the co-optional podcast with Total Biscuit. And, oh, and, oh, oh. and 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 he like slow beef kept trying to bring the game up. He was talking about his experience about being on the podcast, and he was like, "You guys should totally play it." And total bit total biscuit without missing a beat said he couldn't stand it because it's thirty frames a second. Oh, like on the real? Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know what? This game is such a rejection. Of a lot of gamer values, yeah, yeah, that he would have probably loathed it anyway. Yeah, but I, I just thought that that was so funny. It's just like, oh my god, that fits. Per- that just fits that perfectly. It's, it's just Total like, Biscuit is the kind of thing is the kind of guy that this game 
is not made the values for. he represents. It's spitting on those values. Yeah, and Slow Beef was just like, and I don't think he was kidding either. <laughs> I, I don't think he was either. Oh my god. Um, so not going to spoil anything. Um, this game kind of operates at the very, very least. At the very, very, very least, um, this game is just as is as good as Earthbound. Um, which is one of my favorite games. I think it operates on ba- on a similar level. Mm-hmm. Um, only it goes a lot further in a sense in the uh, in the sense that it is a rejection of the ways a lot of games. So many games are about violence and just uncritically indulging in violence. Yeah, and this game. Um, has a lot. It's it has a moral choice system, and every time I think of that, it's kind of bleh because it's like okay, you just play through the game however many times, and so this game is a rejection of the way that violence is used in games, and it's a rejection of um, kind of you know how when I'm playing VLR, mm-hmm. and I got to the choice where I could ally or betray with Luna, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm going to fucking betray you, you, you nice monster, person. You monster. Because I knew that I could just hop back up in the timeline and um, get the other choice. And that I have to do it anyway. Yeah. I want to see all of the content. Right, right. And VLR is clever because it um, actually works with the structure in meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. But that, that's still there at the core is... I need to see all of the content. Here's a handy dandy flowchart to help me see all of the content. Yeah. Um, and Austin Walker talked about this in his giant bomb review, and Undertale really rejects that. Yeah, it really does. And I uh-huh. found that out the hard way. <laughs> uh, there was a there. I'm not going to say what it was, but I did a thing at the start of the game because mm-hmm. I wasn't fully. I, I wasn't. I guess I hadn't fully comprehended the mechanics yet. Mm-hmm. And I did a thing, and I was like, ah, I didn't want to do that. So I escaped, <laughs> and I quit the game, and I came back, and the game already still remembered that I did a thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Are you kidding? Like, the scene still plays out, and I still get another shot, but the game still knows I did that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to let everything <laughs> land where it lands my first time through this game. There's That's no... how I played it. So by the end so by the end when that stuff rears its head, I was completely surprised because I hadn't been reloading at all. Yeah, like um, I just like well, I thought I was gonna get past because like out in my mind I was just thinking, oh I'm gonna do this thing the way that I'm gonna do it. But I didn't understand mm-hmm. how to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh so I was just like, oh okay, well I'll just go back and oh okay this game's Yeah, just... I did the same thing you did and I and Anna just w- there's like multiple times in this game where my actions have made my wife mad at me because she was so disgusted <laughs> with what I've done. She supports me in every decision I make, except for some of my Undertale decisions. Um, this is a game like we're definitely gonna have to probably bust open. Like when I think we're gonna have when, to do a big podcast about like it. Like yeah. either either a podcast about it, or you know, it's going to come up when Game of the Year stuff pops up. Then we're Oh, going, yeah. to, going to have to talk about it more, you know. So yeah. one one way or the other, you know, like at some point, Soxcast <laughs> is going to spoil Undertale. Mm. So you know, <laughs> get should I just, on this, should I just y'all. Go buy it now. Just go buy it. Just, just go, go fucking buy it. buy it. Oh man. 
I'm going to buy the soundtrack, and then I think I'm going to send a letter to the guy who made it mm-hmm. and tell him that I'm really personally thankful that I had this game in my life right now. <laughs> I've never sent a letter to a email to a game creator fan mail before, but I really want to do that for this game. I sent the the creator of Dropsy a nice little message and telling him that oh, like, that's really I, nice. I thought that his game was very sweet and that, you know, more ga- you know, like we need more games that instill very positive things like that. That's so nice. That helps so much just speaking as a game creator. Yeah, like I've I've like Rami Ismail uh talks about that a lot, you know, about how, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know, he's like he's a you know, I can't respond to everything, but I read everything and like those little bits of encouragement that people give you can go really long way toward bringing mm-hmm. you out of just like a, either a slump or a really bad day mm-hmm. yeah and there's just so much negativity in games in general like yeah. so that stuff goes a long way yeah it's nice mm-hmm. so we're talking about zero escape and how that those games are mind blow kind of twist around themselves or metal gear solid 2 this is a whole nother level i, I honestly feel like yeah, it gets I'm... nuts I'm super stoked to get right back to playing it after we're finished recording. Yeah, I'm going to go home too because I'm on my third playthrough <laughs> in like five days. Um, this game's really special. Um, so the, the, the big critic, the, I was trying to figure out like perspectives where I could grow to like not like this game as much. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now I'm just the most enthusiastic. Like I, I was... Like, the last month or so, I've been kind of thinking, I want to make a top 10 game of the year list where I would be happy if every game on the list was number one. And I can't do that anymore, so <laughs> thanks. Um, I was like, oh, am I going to... Uh, like, a w- little ways through, like, oh my god, am I going to like this game more than Dark Souls? And then, <laughs> oh, jeez. What's and then John's, Fred... John's game of the year? Huh, head scratcher. Yeah. Real head yeah, scratcher that's, here. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not a competition <laughs> at this point. Um, so I was, like, thinking that Undertale does not fit my image of, like, it fits everything about what I think of, like, as a good game, but um, it doesn't really fit my image of, like, what a classy game is. Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't have any restraint. Right. I told, I, I talked to Reed and I said, I, I just said to Reed that the tr- true ending of Undertale is like Hunter's stage six, but with feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's relentless. Anna, like, kept going like, fuck you, John, fuck this game, fuck you for playing this game. <laughs> like, crying. As we're just, we're desperate to go to bed, but also it's, it's been like, three hours and we just still cry oh my god um no it's not three hours but so that game goes places um and it's such a but yeah it doesn't really fit my image of what a classy game is because there doesn't really have any restraint it like earthbound has one moment where it is actually really trying to get under your skin and um tug at your heartstrings yeah um mother three probably has two yeah um near the beginning and near the end yeah and those games are really quiet and subtle a lot of the time um and that is kind of like mother three is kind of a lot in a lot of ways my image of like what a classy game looks like because it has that restraint and this game doesn't really have that and when it wants to be happy it is so explosively happy when it wants to be scary it is the most scary um, everything it, it's very big and it's very didactic. It actually has characters like come and talk directly to you about 
how you should feel about these things, um, which, you know, doesn't strike me as, like, restrained or classy. Right, right. And I'm just realizing maybe all of that is just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> because the um, game has a wonderful sense of humor, so it's hard yeah. to kind of, it's hard to kind of decide, like, is it doing this to be funny? Mm-hmm. Or is it just lecturing me? But yeah, the thing is, like, if it's going to just be very loud about what it's saying, mm-hmm. I feel like that's okay because even between all the loud things it's saying, there's still all of this subtlety in between, just underneath. There's still so much subtext between the text. And something like Mother 3 is, like, lets the subtext do almost everything. And then, but Undertale has very loud text yeah. that's still... If you think about it, you can get in so deep. Um, so I'm starting to think that maybe like classy or elegance is less like a quality thing and more just like a different aesthetic. Yeah. Um, so like something like Hunters isn't worse than um, e. a more restrained. <laughs> it's not worse than E.T., the extraterrestrial. Um, no, E.G. E.G. Uh, oh, E.G. Oh, man. <laughs> that game, yeah. I'm just everything... using that as an example of something maybe a bit more restrained and classy compared to Hunters. I don't know. EG has <laughs> the thing. That's the thing. EG has so much fucking text. Oh and god, so, and it's so big and loud and in and didactic. That's yeah. one thing I said after Undertale is like this game does everything EG was trying to do, um, just so much better. But something like HeroCore. HeroCore came right after EG, mm-hmm. and that game's super classy and restrained. There's a couple text boxes that do just enough work to make the ending really affecting. Right. Um, or even like Super Zalixer, which has one final boss form instead of 30. 90. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's not that the big climactic a million bosses thing or a million feelings, loud feelings, um, is bad. It's just different. And as long as it's still saying something beautiful and soulful and human, then that's just as valid. That's, yeah, just a different way of doing things. Yeah. So that's kind of, that was kind of my theory, thinking about, think, that was my big thing coming out of Undertale, because my, the, the perspective I could most see um, not liking it was how loud it was. Um, right. When it was, it still has quiet moments. Like you, you walked through Snowden and all those little beautiful yep. towns, I just, and just got through Snowden. Really, good. oh, that's so nice. Um, it's so clever. Um, so the the other perspective I've seen people not like it from is like this is for Tumblr hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> so like, okay, fuck you. And, and that's a mindset that doesn't even need any consideration. Hmm. Yeah. Once but you're there's like... a lot of people. Yeah. I just hate when people use, like, the website as a derogatory term, like, okay. Oh, yeah, people like, do att- it. Attack the content, not where it's posted. <laughs> this is so tumblery. It, it's so meaningless, and it, and it just kind of, for me, it's just kind of shorthand for, oh, this person's probably an asshole. Yeah. Um, probably maybe bigoted, since considering <laughs> how, how that, what that website's known for. Yeah. Um, so I unfollowed a couple people. <laughs> On Twitter, <laughs> um, oh no, no. It, nobody here would like follow me back. But it, it, that was, um, yeah, that I think that game is really fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think it's, that is, it's got an amazing sense of humor. Mm-hmm. 
all it's so funny and it's funny in ways directly relating to like when to like in the fights that are really funny yes um because they establish these mechanical rules and then break them or turn them on their head yeah in ways that are hilarious um did you beat um the second ball did you fight or did you encounter the second boss uh the um, um just the skeleton yeah 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 i did well, that one that was when, great when they when when his friend is right beforehand be be you're, my um my brother has a um, blue special attack and then the next area is teaching you about blue attacks yeah and then <laughs> he has a blue special attack yeah and he uses those blue special attacks but he, his blue special attack is actually something very different yes really, <laughs> really, it's great it's really funny Oh, it's great. The music is all done by a lot of the music is done by the the guy who made it. Mm-hmm. So also it made me think a lot about Toho because yeah. the, those boss fights the play The boss out. fight music is very Toho inspired, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I think yeah. there's times where they straight up sample instruments from like Final Fantasy 6 or Toho. I I think I hear some Family Tracker in there too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, you posted that sample of the song and I listened to like five seconds and was like oh I shouldn't listen to this this is too good I want to save it for the game <laughs> yeah every boss has a different theme and oh. most of the enemies have a different theme yep oh wow yeah and they all speak to the personalities of the bosses it's really cool and then and they like if they the characters have a relationship in some way they'll sample each other's tunes in different ways and oh <laughs> so it's it's just like Toho in that sense where every where <laughs> Except that there's this whole other game built around that already really amazing. As if we needed to give Red another reason to. Yeah, I bought. Just, I literally just. Yeah, bought. he literally just bought it. I'm looking at his Steam <laughs> now, and it's just like Red now owns um, Undertale. <laughs> but you know what else? Um, Earthbound is really, really dated in one respect. Um, it is so like relentlessly um, straight, heteronormative, yeah. white, male. Um, yeah. The one girl in your team is just like completely passive. Yeah. Um, and then Mother Three is then Mother Three kind of holds back on that, but then is kind of offensive in different ways. Um, so the ways that Mother disappoints me now as a human, um, Undertale's really really gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <gasps> it's great, um, but it there it's really really sweet. Um, and all of these French, all these friendships and relationships, and the way they play out and build up, are really beautiful and lovely. Um, and it feels very inclusive and cool. Cool. Um, I like that they never gender your character either. They don't get gender your character. That's really cool. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, just straight up. That. Oh my god. Um, all those like meta tricks that things like. Remember in Final Fantasy V when you're playing as Gallop, where Gallop is fighting X-Death and his HP hits zero, mm-hmm. and he still keeps fighting through the power of hopes and dreams and whatnot? I think Undertale pulls that trick, like, three times. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean by, like, lack of restraint. And it's heart-rending, like, every time. Um, so I'm not going to go any deeper than that, because that's already spoilery. Yeah. Um, but it pulls stuff like that. That is its entire end game its entire end game is just taking all these moments that and are like the crux of whole JRPGs like stuff in Dragon Quest 5 um 
or Mother 3, and just it's constantly having moments like that by by the end. Um, so really, I love Undertale because of its structure and its bravery and the way that it uh, subverts game, spits on gamer expectations in a way that see, still seems to be resonating with lots of people. Yeah. It's literally changing just hearts and minds, people who would never have questioned, who would have probably felt who... This stuff goes against the kind of gamer entitlement mm-hmm. um, of no, you can't make me live with the consequences of these actions. It's it's the highest rated and they, PC game on Metacritic on ever that's, that's ever ever. It's <clears throat> like ruffle ruffle those GamerGate feathers even more. <laughs> oh my god! So I don't know. It's so by so it does all that, and then it also is just like the most Sailor Moon heart-rending thing. <laughs> That's what I was going to say a minute ago when you are saying like it's kind of going for those explosive power of will moments. I'm like, it sounds yeah. like the last episode of a Sailor Moon arc. It is, the la- it is the best... It is the climax of the best Sailor Moon series ever. Um, and also just... Um, yeah, just... Everything that JRPGs have been about since Final <laughs> Fantasy IV. You know? Power yeah. friendship... Hopes and dreams. Um, yours is the drill that will pierce the heavens. <laughs> Does it have All an anime that opening that plays during the final boss? Um, I actually think it probably does something like that in like five different places. <laughs> something equivalent. Um, it's beautiful. I really love this game. Highest <laughs> possible recommendation. This game is just... Got stuck in my heart. We've got another. And... We've got another shovel knight on our hands, and we can oh. call it Soxcast approved. <laughs> yeah, and it's just in my heart, probably forever. Aww. Um, I really love this game. Cool. Can I ask a couple questions? Yeah, go for it. Actually, even just one big one. Uh, so when I saw a game like this that has like multiple endings, I had the same reaction you did, where it's like, well, tell me which is the one I should go for first. Yeah, like, no, should, yeah. Should I just go in blind and just not look anything up? As long as as long as you're okay playing the game more than once. And I my first run was like four hours long, so it didn't. It's not a long ass game. Yeah, that's good. Um, as long as you're okay going through it more than once, um, just play it and the game, and you'll have a great experience. Basically, no matter how you approach it. Cool. There's only one route that you should not go for yeah, the first time through. I think I know what that is. And I heard, yeah, I heard it makes your screen black for like six hours. <laughs> um, because but it's hidden in like this really subtle. It's it's really really dug deep in there, and um, so that you can't stump really stumble across it by accident. It's it's for something. Once you've seen the whole game, it's it might occur to you, and. Wow. Huh. And it's and you know what else? It's the this whole this game has a whole route in place just so that it can beg you not to play it. <laughs> is that the true ending then? No, no. The true ending okay. is the game that it, is the what it wants you to see. There's okay. a whole other approach that's just there to tempt you and say, but it doesn't want you to play it. It's all this content, um, and I'm playing it, and I feel just like the worst. And Anna thinks I'm the worst. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. I might back off before it's too late, because um, I think I still I still can make things right again. But I'm not sure if I. I'm not sure. Oh my God. It's really it's really heavy because 
Ugh. I mean, without spoiling it, this game marked your entire save file. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of made that clear at the start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it that that is turned on its head over and over and over again, and um, so it gives you the super duper ultra happy ending, and then you're the so the only person who has the power to take that away now is you. <laughs> um. And I, just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> but I, I gonna, am now. <sighs> it's just yeah. usually when a game has multiple endings, it's kind of like 999 where you have to get all of them and then do the true ending and it becomes kind Mm-mm. of a grind, like looking at guides to know what to do at one point. No, and even, no. Yeah. The path to get the true ending is really obvious, especially if you beat it once, just kind of doing whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's possible to see basically all the important beats in one go. Um, but if you just want to play, but then you kind of have to have people te- coaching you a little bit. So just yeah. play it and then be okay playing it one more time because the neutral end again, the basic game ends in way in a way that would define any other franchise. Hmm. Um, and then it has a whole other bigger conclusion beyond that. So cool. This thing, yeah, it's not something that you can really spoil so much, but it. I think Austin Walker said that where like. It's not something you can really spoil. There's not some big twist that once you say what it is, it'll wreck everything. It's just that How it's, it's a game presented. kind of about discovering it, discovery, and you kind of want to discover most of it for yourself if you can. So don't cool. look at a fucking guide. Just play it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play it. Because I'm... it's trust the, trust the game. That's what you – I don't really trust something like 999 going into it <laughs> to make sure that I'll have my best experience I can or a good experience right. without having some coaching. But I trust. Just tr- you can tell you can just trust me to trust Undertale <laughs> that you can go into it and have a great experience no matter what. Even though there's so much, like different ways to experience the story. Yeah, I'm just wondering because on the Bombcast, I think Dan Reichert played the game, mm-hmm. beat it once, and went, "Okay, I'm good." And like watch the other endings on YouTube. I'm like, <clears throat> "What are you doing?" Oh my god! I think there's a line of dialogue in place specifically for people who watch the really <laughs> awful stuff. <laughs> to like chide them like oh you don't there is some, i bet there's some people here that don't even have the courage to do it on their own <laughs> oh that's that's so crazy and cool <laughs> and how they twist the knife like that this game oh, just yeah got, this game thought of everything yeah so like mother three has this really ambiguous conclude t- tight conclusion um that's like really literary or whatever um and then undertale has the super mega happy sailor moon ending but it gives you the power <laughs> to take it away did they just give you a handgun at the end? I mean, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, so no, don't say, don't say, don't say. So this is a very this is this is an important ass game. Um, I really okay. like it. JRPD, JRPGs, huh? They sure are just dead, huh? Yeah, totally. Just yeah. dead form, not just not worth anything anymore, right? <laughs> well, no. I mean, we had Neptunia this year. Yeah, so. I was say, Neptunia. <laughs> you know, you know what the sad thing is. Neptunia might not be the most Sailor Moon JRPG I play this year. Weird. Oh my god. Um, you, know you know what's amazing though? Yeah. Like, where did this game come from? Out of like, fucking nowhere. Yeah. Just completely out of nowhere. It's as like, far as I noticed. I noticed it like one night. It comes out and like Sonic Mega leaves a really glowing review for it on Steam. Yeah. At like mm-hmm. 4 a.m. 
And then the next day, every single person. It's like, what in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. I knew about it when it was when the day it came out. I think I saw people tweeting about it, and I was like, oh, I should get to that once I'm done with Metal Gear and Super Mario 3D World and 999. (laughs) And then it was like, oh, I I should really get to that, huh? And I was really rewarded because it's not very often you play. I like find a new favorite game. Yeah, that's not very common. No, in that it literally has never happened since I was 12. <laughs> it's just um, amazing seeing this storm play of out. positivity and for an indie game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, my good God. On, good on them. Mm-hmm. Good on Toby Fox. Good job. Yeah. Oh, right. So, like, a one guy thing. That's yeah, it is. Too. God, there's so much. Also, all right, the last really amazing thing, if you search for fan art, um, almost everybody draws the main character with just a line for line for eyes and line for mouth, just completely deadpan, because that's kind of how <laughs> that's they how look the character looks in game. In the game, like... and it's the best, most perfect thing in fan art to just see the character reacting these ways. I I, I don't know if I gendered the character talking just now, um, but it's just the best. It's like all those Metal Gear Solid Five comics I see with quiet, just being quiet. It's very <laughs> funny for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The fan art is really is really fun. Oh, cool. yep. Undertale's the good. Messages, the little messages that play when you save your game. Yeah, <laughs> those are really cute and cozy. Mm-hmm. All right, good game. And okay. Also, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we we done, John? Oh, I'm just gonna cry. I think. I, I the next day I listened to the like one of the final songs in the car and then just like violently sobbed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, um I, I don't start... wanna I don't know. I don't wanna like I don't wanna let us hype it up or something, but it's too late for that. Too late for that. Sorry. I think it's, I think it's um, funny. I think that John, like in the last two years, has cried more than like I've been through hormone replacement therapy <laughs> and I didn't cry that much. <laughs> I cried good art a lot. Um, most actually, no, mostly just video games and anime. Yeah, I'll be um, honest. I like tear up at almost fucking everything. Like uh, I teared up. I teared up at the Martian for God's sakes. I like bringing up Chrono Crusade. Oh, the <laughs> ending! You fucking monster! <laughs> it's such a great ending, isn't it, Rhett? That's the fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> John, do you know what we're talking about? I remember seeing Chrono, Chrono Crusade in uh, in the manga aisle at at Brook, um, Books Million when I was like ten, and being like oh, Chrono Trigger manga. Oh, they they specifically designed that logo to look like Chrono Trigger's logo. Oh my god! But um, uh, but the uh, the me, me and Rhett watched the, the anime. Fucking ending that show. That they... ending just rips your guts out and just stomps on them. For like thirty minutes, yeah, yeah, like the entire last like, episode is literally just it tap dancing all over your innards. <laughs> Life is good. Should watch it sometime. It's really, no. video, it's really video uplifting. Games are really good, y'all. It's really uplifting. That ending ruined the whole show for me. I was so I was so angry. I was like angry at you for suggesting it. I watched. didn't know how it ended. <laughs> That's true, but I was—I had to lash out. I was so mad. <laughs> All right, I think we can move on. 
I keep thinking of like individual lines and moments I want to okay. mention. Well, we'll move but on before you the think fact of that more. There's so many of those just and that I haven't mentioned that just means there's still so much joy to be wrung out of this experience. <laughs> okay. Polly, right, I'm leaving it be. God damn it. Polly, how's early access doing? Well, um it's apparently doing pretty all right. You got you still got nuclear throne kicking around and hey, Broforce is finally uh working its way out of early access. Cool. It's getting an extra level at the end. It's you know you play through hell. I think yeah. bro. I think bro force is all right. Yeah, I, I think I played through um, the Expenda Bros. <laughs> that's uh, that's the that. the version that was released that they did specifically when the Expendables three was coming out, and I really liked what I played. So yeah. um, that game's received still nothing, but it, it's still held in pretty high regard. So I will be picking up the full game at some point. Yeah, cool. I think. Somebody gifted it. I think it was Koopa Dude mm-hmm. on the forums gifted it to me. Uh, you kind of get a lot of the game out of Expender Bros. Like, there wasn't a ton more in the full game. I know, but I want more of that. Yeah. You know, like, I'm fu- like you get about an hour of of gameplay out of the Expender mm-hmm. Bros, which gives you a pretty good idea of what... Um, yeah. Of what Bro Force is, but yeah. I really maybe, maybe too much. It's maybe like, oh yeah, this is the game. But I, I really like that, and I wanted to play more, yeah. so I'm totally on board with uh, probably picking up the full version of Bro Force at some point. Yeah, that's a cool game. Yeah, the, the weirdest thing they did is like there's a story or not a story mode, but like a campaign mode and a level mode mm-hmm. where one of them is just like level one, level two, level three, and you just pick your level and go. Mm-hmm. And one of them has, like, a world map, and you kind of move around almost Mario 3 style. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're the exact same levels. Oh. Well, in both of those modes. Well, that's kind of pointless. Yeah, so it's like I did the, like, world mode first, and then I'm going through level mode. I'm like, wait a minute, these seem familiar. Because <laughs> I did it, like, six months apart, so I didn't notice it first until I got to kind of the newer alien stuff. And I'm like, wait, this is the exact same level. Hmm. <laughs> So now I'll be able to... So it's like, why is the world map there? Because you can't replay levels in that one once you beat them. Oh. So the one with the level select is clearly superior. Yeah. It's It's kind of like how Hardcore Uprising has arcade and rising mode, when, like, one is clearly way better than the other. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking rising mode. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Wait, wait, is arcade mode better than rising mode? No. No, I'm just kidding. I don't like, like arcade. I don't like arcade mode that much. Like your rate of fire like, is just terrible. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The stage four boss. Oh, yeah. Stage four. The shmup level. Oh. Or the rider level. The the jet jet pack. That's like the speeder big circle, bike circle thing. Yeah, that is, okay. just, that is just a pain. I I think it was the stage five or stage five is the lab. Stealth yeah. level, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stage six boss oh. drives oh, me nuts. Oh god, that's so fun! Because if you fun. get hit once, you're just done, though. Yeah, yeah. Because any mistake just sends you into the pit. Yeah, so mm. fuck your fuck your life bar. Yeah, the right the rising mode kind of gives the game a little more room to breathe, and it needs a little yeah. bit more to kind of it gets make so room for some of its. It gives you room. It gives room to make up for kind of some of its poorer decisions. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to news. Yep, yep. Hey, you guys like Sega? I kind of do. You like PC ports? I kind of do. 
Well, they have a whole bunch of games on consoles from last gen that they never put on PC. Oh, really? Like, I hope they're bringing their best. Yep. Games like Vanquish and Bayonetta and, uh, what's that other one? Residents of Fate? Yeah. Like, Would those, you like... I totally love a PC version of Residents of Fate. That, well, guess what? Really, that game sounds really cool. They announced a new PC port. Oh, shit! I'm on bated breath. What you got? Well, last year they did Valkyria Chronicles, so this uh-huh, year they're uh-huh, doing uh-huh. Sonic Lost World. Eh? You know, the <laughs> Wii U game. Nani. <laughs> Noni. <laughs> the, the Wii U game that's not Sonic Boom. Oh. That, least game, that game's still least, not good. At least it's better than Sonic Boom? It's yeah, somewhat much. better, but it's... Sonic Galaxy? It's not even not even that. I wouldn't even call it oh. Sonic Galaxy. It's just, I think that's what everyone said when, it came, when the trailer came I out. Mean, I mean, it's think. got those elements, but... It has that look of, like, it's, kind it's, of... It's not good. Like, when I borrowed my friend's Wii U... Oh, yeah, you played it. I played it, and it wasn't... It was just like, wow, <laughs> this is poopy. Why do I have a Why do I have a button I need to hold to run in a oh, Sonic God. game? <laughs> That's the thing that the first Sonic game got right! <laughs> Come, where everyone else was copying Mario Brothers. Yeah, Mario has a run button, though. I know, everyone was copying Super Mario Brothers with its run button, and then Sonic's like, why do we need this? Everyone just holds it down the whole time anyway. <laughs> And then so, every Sonic game after that. So Go Sonic on. Lost World coming to PC. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. I can't wait to see what other bangers they bring. <laughs> it's funny because someone noticed that this was the third year in a row, like right around this time they did a surprise game. Because yeah. two, two years ago is House of the Dead, Overkill, yeah. Titan of the Dead. And then last year was Valkyria Chronicles. So now we've got Sonic Lost World. I wonder what yeah. we're getting next. It's like, are we really... Because they did the whole song and dance of like, and we're committed to bringing new PC games yeah, out. It's like, uh-huh. yep, see you next October, I guess. See you for Sonic Boom HD. Oh, There's no fucking way they bring Sonic Boom. They Son- <laughs> if Sonic Boom makes it to PC, I will buy it day one and stream it. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I'm not saying that as a dare. I'm just saying that's never going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> But if it does, they, I will I will keep that promise. Could you imagine how broken that port would be? Because that God. game's already like completely. It's broken. already yeah. Good lord. PC port of Sonic 06. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> that was a weird, felt like genuine enthusiasm. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I wasn't enthusiastic at all. No. Well, you know what? I feel like if you're gonna if they port Sonic 06 to the PC. Even they're if they're not... accidentally breaking things, they'll probably just by process of just randomness, they'll probably make it better for the yeah. most part. <laughs> what what the fuck happened with that game? Did you see that article Andrea wrote about the development of it? Yeah. It's and it's how like there were features in the demo that kept that... like appearing and disappearing and didn't make it into the final game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that stuff makes sense to me, like in a bit, but then you see the full game and you've like eight playable characters and like this huge overwrought story mode. It's like if they weren't able to finish this game, why is it so big? Like, yeah. Why did? Why aren't they just like okay, fuck it, silver doesn't work, cut him. Yeah, God, it's so, it's nuts. so weird. Poor is... decisions all around, and it's still crazy to think that like the 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 Xbox 360 demo for that game is from a later version. Yeah, than. That's... Than the actual release game. 
But then didn't the PS3 version come out even later? It came out later and was worse! Yeah, it's amazing. That game is such... It's, it's such an enigma, and I love it to death. It's the beautiful disaster. It is a beautiful fucking disaster. Do you remember yeah. the uh, Zolani Stewart, the hashtag Sonic Studies guy that wrote about um, Sonic Adventure for Zeal mm-hmm. um, on the beautiful and tragic weirdness of Sonic Adventure? Yeah. I've gotten to see him play through Sonic 06 on Twitter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and just, like, because he's really into Sonic at the super, super, like, academic art <laughs> criticism level. Yeah. And... He just couldn't couldn't with Sonic 06. <laughs> he just it just made him really sad. <laughs> yeah, Retsupre recent recently finished their very long LP of that game and yeah, man. It's, it is I saw so- that. J U N K junk. At least they didn't have quite as hard a time with those final levels as, as, as a, another and, LPS. Yeah. yeah, that was the one. Pokecap and they did a very, a, a very, a, a much more popular Sonic 06 Let's Play. How, how they, soon after release did they do that? I think it was very, stor- very shortly yeah. after release, and it was within a 24-hour time frame. Oh, wow. It was all recorded you... in like, over the course of, like, one day and one oh, night. Oh, my God. Right. Was that so the one were... with, like, four people or something? Yeah. Yeah. That, I saw a bunch of that, actually. Yeah. The guy was literally just, he had had it by the end. It was done. Like, no, I'm not playing this fucking game anymore. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, it feels like more people experienced the game through that specific LP yeah. than actually played the game, which makes sense because it's Sonic 06. Yeah. I don't think that's coming to PC, though. Bummer. But the real bummer is why didn't they bring Sonic Colors over? Yeah. I know. People, people like that game. They or, love or, it because it's great. Or any of the other Sega games I mentioned, like Bayonetta 1. Yeah. Which would have been yeah. nice. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> I would have so, been totally happy with that. Sega continues to act in mysterious ways. Sega continues to befuddle. So when's PSO2? Sega's like this some Sega's like some kind of weird elder god thing that you just kind of can't really appease and just acts in these ways that are completely incomprehensible to <laughs> humans. We don't need no gaijin money. <laughs> oh yeah, what was it last week they announced like two Yakuza games and it's like, oh, those aren't coming over. Those are never coming over. <laughs> weird. Like, like Yeah, they have that whole spin off series of like ancient Japanese Yakuza. I forget mm-hmm. what it's called. Like, none of those are coming over. So no. the, we're like, we're like five games behind or something ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, and then there's that Ace Attorney spinoff that looked awesome. Mm. And that's not coming over. Nope. Just fuck Capcom as well. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, you guys like voices in video games? I I think voice acting can be important. Yes, yeah. very important. As as a fan of like games that require a lot of it, like Metal Gear Solid, I think that oh, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> that you game wouldn't be anywhere anywhere without its great performances. Uh, Mass Effect, another game that is really hinged on great performances. <clears throat> well, I'll just read this because it's kind of a mouthful. SAG after video games voice actors union has authorized a strike. Yep, and I think they've actually agreed to go on strike at this point, haven't they? Oh, really? I, I think yeah. that was the latest update. I'm not sure. The last I heard was that, like, ninety. It, it had been approved. Yeah. Yeah, like they had the vote, and it was enough to 
go ahead with the strike, but they weren't going to strike yet, but they probably will end up striking. Yeah. Based, based on how these things tend to go. So basically, this all boils down to um, voice actors wanting to be compensated. Um, if a game sells over 2 million copies, they feel that they should get a cut of that. And video game companies saying nobody buys video games because of the voice actors. Yeah. And then I saw this, it's like it's like an $800 payout per 2 million copies. It's like, that seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, it's like, that's not a lot of money to be asking. Yeah, I guess if it's every single voice actor getting that, that might get a little pricey. But even yeah. then, when you consider the ludicrous, the ludicrous, amount, the yeah. ludicrous amounts of money that companies are making on these games, mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's what actors, uh, actors are paid in movies. Right. Ugh. Yeah, it just it's feels like, so obviously justified. How many games go over two million units? Even yeah, and it's like, just like you know, like movies have gotten to a point to where they're taking care of their actors. Why, you know, like and they're such an integral part of the experience. Games have reached a point where actors can be a very critical part of the experience, and I think that we need to start treating them as such. Yeah, part of the other stuff in the strike agreement or what their demands are like. Uh, they want, like, compensation for vocally stressful sessions. Right, mm-hmm. like, and like you if you're gonna a lot of that. Doing lots of screaming. Yeah, and I totally approve of that, because after the girl who did XL in XL Saga, like, destroyed her voice doing yeah. that. Oh. They had to change voice actresses uh, uh, when they went into the second half of the series because she broke her voice voicing yeah. XL. Oh, my and God. Shit like that sucks. Absolutely. Like, that's your career. Yeah. Oh. And I think the other thing is they want, like... Because a lot of voice actors now are also doing motion capture. Yep. They they want stunt coordinators on set and stuff. You've got, like, like the Uncharted series is huge on having all of the actors and actresses do mocap for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think it's safe that, to say that we all support the voice actors union here, right? Absolutely. I think yeah. D-Mac would break my legs if I said I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> God. Just completely, obviously, capitalism fucking over a bunch of people. Let yeah. these, let make things a little bit better. Six hours until the ship crashes. Are we going to make it off? I <laughs> know, oh, that's the... The witch is showing up now. It's it's Beatrice. Oh no! <laughs> oh, cue ah. stab noise. You guys want a couple questions? Sure. Uh, you can uh, can get those questions into us by shooting off an email to podcast socksmakepeoplesexy.net or by shooting a message over to the old at Twitter box at smps underscore updates. Okay, this one comes in from Raquel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there- is there anything more from the Mario games you'd like to see added to Mario Maker or more art styles you'd like to see? Slopes! slopes checkpoints! And checkpoints! <laughs> yeah, slopes and checkpoints. I kind of came around on the checkpoints. And I also I st- want people to stop making so many puzzle levels. <laughs> yeah. I don't I even like play them. Puzzle I, level. I like puzzle levels, but there's just like an overabundance you're seeing of them at this mm. point. Yeah. Did you see. Patrick Killebuck did one where you had to guide a Yoshi to the end. Yeah. And it took him like half an hour to even figure out that was the goal. Yeah. 
because it just didn't. There's not a good way to communicate that kind yeah. of stuff with the tools you have. Mm-hmm. I really liked my puzzle level because it was short and easy, mm-hmm. and yeah, it that's... had a cute like aesthetic to it. So was that the house one? Yeah, it was a little house, and you navigate yeah. a couple of doors in this little house. Yeah, and you can't die. Is an and you can't part. die. Yeah, but see, like, like, the only way to really punish people in a Mario game for failing a puzzle is to either kill them or shoot them back somewhere in the level. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of like, you know, when you don't have that many ways, you know, I just can't help but feel like we could be doing more here. We could be mm-hmm. doing more. Yeah. Another thing, cool thing that would be nice is, uh, like, those gates in Mario World that you could hang on. Yeah. People could do crazy stuff with that. Oh, do that was cool. That too, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for art styles, I think a Game Boy one Super would be Mario super. Land yeah, one. Get, get Super Mario Land in there. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe even Yoshi's Island. Yeah. Oh, okay, that would be cool. That game's so pretty. I guess asking for Mario 2 NES would be a bit much. That would probably be a bit much. Yeah. Because that requires a Just totally the, different the set mechanics, of mechanics don't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool though. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know that it was actually called Doki Doki's Monster? Jeez, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, Doki Doki is the scientist. Doki Doki's monster. Tangu <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gemini writes in. I saw on Twitter that at least Polly is a f- fan of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. What are some other non-gaming podcasts you would recommend? Uh, I don't listen to any podcasts. Yeah, like the only yeah. things the only things that I listen to are... I don't have time. I listen to the Giant Bombcast. I listen to the Giant... Non-gaming, it said. I know. I listen to the Giant Bombcast. I listen to the Giant Beastcast. And like the only other podcast I listen to right now is My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And yeah. those, are, those are real easy to plow through. Those are like an hour... Mm-hmm. Tops and like, hey, it's a, it's an advice it's an advice cast for the modern <laughs> era, uh, and they give a lot of really good advice. John, I think you should listen to my brother, my brother and me. Kiss oh, your dad nice. square on the lips. Kiss your dad square on the lips. <laughs> What's up, cool baby? Yeah, that's the only one I've been listening to as well, as far as non gaming. I should and, check it out. Yeah, May, the main thing I feel like there'll be a time where there are times in my life where. I've had really good opportunities to have podcasts, mm-hmm. like jobs where I can listen to listen to something or um, long drives mm-hmm. yeah. frequently. But when I don't have that, and I have a ten minute commute now, so it, the podcast doesn't really fit into my life well, as effectively. You, if you check out my brother, my brother, and me, don't start with mm-hmm. this week's episode because it's a switcheroo where like they like all the podcasts on their network change hosts. Oh, whoops. and so it's like that would oh. be a bad episode to start with. So start with last week's. Okay, cool. Or wasn't, actually, wasn't la- last week's was a best of, wasn't it? Uh, start start a month ago. There you go. Just random. Grab yeah. one from a month or so ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radical. That cool. podcast is weird though, because it seems like most of the humor is just laughing at them, laughing at the questions. Because Justin has the most infectious <laughs> laugh ever. He really does, though. Because because like, when he starts talking and laughing at the same time, yeah. it's just like you can't keep it together. So it's like sometimes it's like this isn't even that funny, but they're laughing so hard that I start laughing. Yeah, yeah. Because they just get these fucking ridiculous Yahoo like, answers. Yeah, questions. when they when they start mining the depths of Yahoo answers for questions. It's oh like, man! Oh dear God! 
what a appropriately named service. Yeah. <laughs> Just like give me a Yahoo. <laughs> what was I'm trying to think of one of the worst ones, which was like, why do Chinese people eat? Yeah. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> the fucking questions they come up with. I can't believe real human beings use that service. I know. Uh, oh, and it's not a super long podcast, it looks like. No, it's like they're an hour a pop, so they're easy oh, to yeah. sit down and listen to and good to yeah. laugh with. You ever I'm find sure. yourself in a bad mood, just throw on a My Brother, My Brother and Me and you'll feel good. That sounds super lovely. Play PSO2 while listening. No. Don't ever play PSO2, ever. <laughs> Any other questions? Nope, that's it. So where can, so. We, where can we find you, John? Farwaytimes.com. Polly? I have a forum, and it's probably <laughs> on the dumb website you're getting this stupid thing on. Okay, and you can find me on in3.tumblr.com. And before we go, I just thought I'd do one last thing. Please, stop this. Wait, what? Why are you doing this? I just thought it'd be funny to have one last comedy bit. Uh, I guess not. We can just end the podcast here. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, one of whom is standing up and leaving right now. Don't follow me either. Uh, bye, Ether. I'd also like to thank my other co-hosts, Astra. Phew, that was fun. And FX. Time to get out of here. And remember... We're the only podcast that loves you, baby.